is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwave just by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. We have a special third host tonight. Hello, Adam. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Adam is here from MotorhomeDiaries.com, although that will be soon a different... Uh, website. I mean, I guess Motorhome Diaries is going to stay up, but you guys are taking on a new moniker, you and uh, and Pete Air, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. But welcome to the show. You're going to be sitting in uh, all evening with us here tonight. So if you've got a question for Adam Miller, he's here with us. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Of course, Mark also here as usual. Yes, I am. And we will, as usual, take your phone calls about anything you want. In fact, we're going to start out with that. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the number. But coming up tonight, lots of stuff to talk about here including the WikiLeaks case. As you may recall, there was a, just a horrific video. From what I understand, honestly, I couldn't make it all the way through it. I just I started watching it and I said, I've seen enough of this. I've seen enough of it. I've seen plenty of murder videos from, uh, from the, the U.S. military and just it, it really is despicable and disgusting. It's as, it's as awful. <laughs> it's hard to come up with words of how disgusting it is. So there's been a development in that case. We will uh, share that with you. Also coming up, the space race continues between the people in the marketplace, and we'll talk about what they've come up with now uh, here in a little bit. But your calls first. Let's go to Dave in Florida. You're on the free t- uh, on the free talk live amp lines. Hello, Dave. Hi. How are you doing today? Hey, Dave. What's on your mind? Um, I um, listened to a conversation on Free Talk Live a while back about um, teaching children how to read. Yes. And um, I just want—I thought I'd like to share my experience with you. Um, we um, we had a, our son first. He had some um, issues when he was born, but we didn't think he was, you know, uh, developmentally disabled or anything. We just treated him like we would any other kid we knew. And so we decided to start reading to him. And we would read everything. We would everything we would read. He would sit beside us, and we would read out loud. My college textbooks, mm-hmm. children's books, the newspaper, or whatever. And we weren't even really attempting. It wasn't really our intent that he should learn how to read like that. But within a couple of years, he knew how to read. Yeah. It, yeah. There was just it wasn't there was no real effort put into it at all. It's amazing um, how their little minds are such sponges and they're they're yeah. able to do these things and the the limits that uh, the, it seems like that our society has placed on them. I didn't learn to read till 6 and I don't think there was any expectation that I would have learned to, to read any time before that. So wow. I didn't learn to, I didn't learn to read till I was 6. Yeah. And that was later. just the start of it, you know, that's, cat and dog. That's what my parents did was yeah. they read a bunch of stuff to me while I was a kid and they did do flashcards uh, with me though, but yeah, I was able to read. I mean, I don't know what what level I could read when I started school, but I definitely could. Yeah. My daughter was born four years after my son, um, and we didn't have nearly as much. We were both working at that time. We didn't have nearly as much time with her as we, um, as we did with my son. But within a couple of years, she learned to read because her brother read to her all the time. Nice. At, at four years old. Yeah, it's it, it's it's amazing. Uh, we we got this kit called uh, Baby Reading Kit at babyreadingkit.com and we taught my you know essentially my son Jack enjoyed it so much that he taught himself how to read. There's uh, you know some flashcards and and videos and stuff like that and mm-hmm. just with with minimal effort he's yeah. he can read words. I mean, he can't read books or anything, but he can read words at 2 
Well, it just right. I mean, it just goes to show that when uh, parents take the initiative with their kids and, and spend the time that's necessary on them, it isn't uh, that much time with this course. But yeah, certainly if if it's the focus that he has on it, you know, right? As opposed to a parent thinking, well, I'll just let my uh, the government teach my kid how to read. Boy, would that be a big mistake? That's what most people do. I think. I mean, my I don't my parents made no effort to teach me how to read, and I that's was sad. was taught to. I I don't think anybody even thought about this uh, thirty years ago, um, and. Hmm. You know, I waited until I went to school. It wasn't government school, but uh, you know, it was public school, and that's that's how, or excuse me, uh, private school, and that's how I learned to read. Adam uh, Miller with us here tonight. How did you learn? Do you recall how to, how you learned to read? <laughs> no, not really. I think uh, I had the flashcard thing and, and a few uh, things with my parents, but it was probably mostly government schools that taught me to read, which is uh, one of the things I regret for the fact that uh, getting into some of these other books that have got me to the philosophy I have now was a little more difficult. So it's mm-hmm. something I would have liked a, a lot. Hey, uh, any other thoughts you want to share tonight, Dave? Yeah, one more thing. I'd like to uh, recommend an interview if um, if any of your listeners haven't heard it yet. I, I understand you're carrying Scott Horton's anti-war radio show on the Liberty Radio Network. Yes. Um, he had an interview um, a few days ago with a Florida politician. I don't care to mention his name because I don't care that much about him. Um, but it was very interesting, not so much his reasoning, because who cares what they have to think, but... Um, he was really offended by Scott asking him questions. Hmm. And um, it was very instructive to find out how politicians think and what they think of people who question them. Um, and I, I really recommend that, um, that interview. It shouldn't be very difficult to find. It's in the last couple of weeks. Likely, uh, if it'll be posted at antiwar.com slash radio. I mean, radio. it yeah. seems like it'd be easier to find if you tell, tell, us, tell the name of the politician. I, I I care so little about him. I don't remember his name, but I do remember he's a central. Um, he's a representative from Central Florida. Okay. Well, thanks for the heads up on that. I appreciate hearing from yep. you tonight, Dave. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Entrepreneurs entering the space race. Well, they've been in the space race, but uh, they're coming up with neat new things that the U.S. government can only look at and wish it could have uh, designed. The, People in the government, and I'm sure the engineers in NASA are very, very smart people. It's just that when you put smart people into a bureaucracy, you still get bureaucrats. And so here's a story from North Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, the New York Times. As the Bigelow Aerospace Factory here, or at the Bigelow Aerospace Factory here, the full-size space station mock-up sitting on the warehouse floor looks somewhat like puffy white watermelons. The interiors offer a hint of what spacious living in space might look like. Robert Bigelow, the company's founder, said every astronaut we've come in here just says, wow, they can't believe the size of this thing. Now, why do you think that is? Because they've only had small ones up to this point? Well, because the government can't do things as well as the marketplace, and they've had these cramped, crappy uh, space stations that are humongously large but only have a very small uh, space for the, uh, the astronauts to crawl about in. Uh, here, it's completely different, shockingly so, uh, to the astronauts. Four years from now, the company plans to uh, plans the company plans for real modules to be launched and assembled into the solar system's first private space station, paying customers, primarily nations that don't have the money or expertise to build a space program from scratch, would arrive a year later. In 2016, a second larger station would follow. The two Bigelow stations would then be home to 36 people at a time. That's six times as many as currently live on the International Space Station. 
If this business plan unfolds as it's written, the company has two fully inflated test modules in orbit already. Bigelow will be buying 15 to 20 rocket launchings in 2017 and in each year after, providing ample business for the private companies that the Obama administration would like to finance for the transportation of astronauts into orbit, the so-called commercial crew initiative. Now, apparently... They are talking about, the government people are talking about spending $6 billion, and I love how they use the word investing. It's not investing if it's not your own money, because it's not investing if you're risking somebody else's cash without their permission. Uh, It's just spending somebody else's cash. Anyway, over five years, $6 billion for two or more companies to develop spacecraft capable of carrying people into space. (laughs) What? This is the first that I've heard of that. Have either of you heard of this uh, this space initiative? Isn't... The private marketplace already there? Well, they're they're getting up into space, but not way up into space. Okay, I understand that, but I'm I'm pretty sure that the private marketplace was able to get people into orbit, uh, low orbit, with $10 million. And here the government is saying they're going to spend $6 billion in the hopes that some private companies will be able to to get it up into space. It could take more. I don't know. I mean... it could take more. Seems unlikely to me. Uh, well, anyway, they they will, instead of operating on its own systems like the space shuttles, NASA would buy rides for its astronauts on these commercial space taxis. Probably a smarter idea on the part of NASA than the old plan. It's always a bad idea for the government to try to produce a good or a service. However, they're still going to spend too much, and that much we know. More coming up here at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. A little more about space entrepreneurship on the way in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL as in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. You can enjoy all the features on our website for free. We've got one of them is uh, the Shrine of Female Listeners, one of our many features. You can go and see the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. See what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Not me. Ever since I started taking my two capsules a day of Nature Bee plant pollen, I've never slept more soundly in my life, and I feel that's uh, translated to uh, more energy, and I don't get those afternoon doldrums. Here's Mike Buck, uh, for all the Hello, way from Hawaii. With happy, more. happy Thursday, Free Talk Live. You know, you're right. Nature Bee's New Zealand's plant pollen is the most wholesome food found anywhere. Every one of the 27 vitamins and amino acids, all your minerals, including calcium, copper, iron, and zinc, Plus those powerful antioxidants whose chief job it is to chase those nasty free radicals right out of your system. Well, it makes a lot of sense. In other words, two capsules of Nature Bee has all the nutrients that usually come from a fistful of other different pills and tablets. Absolutely, it does. And you know what? You'd be amazed, gang, at how Nature Bee is going to change your day. Look what it's done for all of us. The benefits make life so much better. 
strengthens that immune system. You avoid going down with the summer colds or flu. You're fully nutritionally balanced, provided by Nature B. Two capsules a day, that's all you need. 37 little pennies, and that's some great value. Real food, real nutrition, real benefits, real value. It all sounds good to me. How about a real deal, Mike? Let me roll off the program. Look at this. Free Talk Live special deal. Six-month supply of Nature B, $99.95 plus delivery. We bonus you. Three more big months for free. Nine for the price of six with a money-back guarantee. Call toll-free to New Zealand. We get it rushed right to you. 1-866-834-8355. That's 1-866-834-8355. Or come alive online with the B at NatureBee. That's NatureBee.com. Well, now you've heard it. Once you get started taking Nature Bee, just like me, you'll feel so good. Now, come on, everyone. Uh, order Nature Bee now at 866-834-8355. It's 866-834-8355. Or go online to naturebee.com. Toll-free number here tonight is 1-800-259-9231. And we will take your phone calls about anything. We're talking about space entrepreneurs right now. And I think that the uh, the space race, the private space race, is pretty exciting uh, because, well, my money's not on the line, which is nice. Uh, I didn't actually have to uh, spend any of my money to invest in these various different efforts that are going on right now. You've got, of course, uh, the guy from Virgin Airlines, uh, Virgin International or whatever, the, the multi-billionaire guy. What's his, Branson? What's his name? Richard, Richard Branson. Yeah, yeah. yeah Richard uh, – I think Charles Branson. Richard Branson. It's Bronson. <laughs> right, Charles Bronson, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, he is uh, one of the players out there in the, the space race looking – he's looking more at – Getting passengers, getting getting them up and down, and you know, not necessarily just for a fun ride, but also, I know the last time we 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 had a story that was mentioning what he was doing, he was talking about taking passengers up, you know, into orbit basically, and then back down to another airport. So essentially, using uh, space capable craft to um, make for really fast plane rides, uh, essentially, and fun ones. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that. And then there's more kind of like the industrial people that are obviously there's been satellites being launched by industry for a long time. Uh, But also what you've got now are people that are looking at space hotels. That's one of the things that's uh, that is on the menu. And I think Bigelow Aerospace, who is uh, the art, that's the company this article of The New York Times is about. I think they're one of the people that are doing the, the space hotel idea, but they're also doing an inflatable space station that is, it's, co- it's costing quite a bit less than the government space station. It's always interesting to look in, at, a, at a comparison between the marketplace and the, uh, the government. According to the uh, New York Times story here, there apparently is some sort of government program where they're looking to spend $6 billion on creating a passenger uh, shuttle that uh, could, I guess, replace the space shuttle. And I think this is a good idea because the government space shuttle is an ancient, decrepit old device that hasn't changed significantly in the last ever since it was built in the 1970s. Uh, and so having some sort of level of competition, bringing in a level of competition to uh, to create a new space shuttle, I think, is a, is a fine idea. I just don't I don't like the idea of having to pay for it. And that's what's going on here is whenever NASA does something, they force everybody to pay for their project, even if it ends up getting uh, broken down in the middle of Mars and, you know, completely unrescuable and just pouring five billion dollars away or something like that. Right. Only the government can take uh, the greatest minds of our times and turn them into, uh, you know, bumbling bureaucrats. I think that uh, you'd find a far more efficient space program if it was just left in the hands of those that are out there to, you know, provide a service and make some money. 
you know, I think that uh, people that want to do experiments out there would still be doing experiments. I'm not sure what all these experiments to see how well, you know how whether tadpoles can turn into frogs in space or whatever it is that they're doing out there have benefited me in my life. But it, it seems to me that the price tag. Uh, what did we hear about the space station? Nas- International Space Station. This is just the International Space Station. Was right. that uh, thirty-five thir- billion to one hundred and sixty billion dollars estimated? One hundred and sixty billion dollars for the International Space Station. That doesn't count all the space shuttle shots. It doesn't count the the original uh, space station that the International one. Uh, you know, they they uh, replaced about ten years ago or whatever it was. That's just one number of one item out in space. And it's it makes it to me it makes as much sense as the government having its own NASCAR car. I mean, why? <laughs> uh, so yeah, according to the story here, uh, the cost of this guy B- Bigelow Aerospace, he spent about 180 million of his own money so far, and said he's willing to spend up to 320 million more. Uh, this uh, the, the rosier promises of the president's plan rests on an, an enigmatic 100 employee company located on 50 acres of des- uh, desert. And that's uh, Bigelow Aerospace, not far from the casinos and strip clubs and the ability of Mr. Bigelow, an iconoclast who made his fortune in real estate during the budget suites of America hotel chain, or including the budget suites of America hotel chain, to get his dreams off the ground. An expansion of his factory will double the amount of floor space as the company begins the transition from research and development to production. Now, I'm presuming that when he's talking about spending $180 million of his own money so far, I think he's talking about on his entire operation. Uh, which includes the various different things that they are working on and that they're they're experimenting with, not just the International Space Station, but even if it is just or excuse me, just his version of the space station, that's still in, incredibly cheap uh, compared to what the government is spending. The government spending almost uh, you know possibly a hundred plus billion dollars. This guy spending a hundred million dollars basically. Yeah, you, you have to you have to kind of figure that the government uh, sort of paid for the prototyping here to some extent because he's uh, Mr. Bigelow does have some NASA guys who cut their teeth at obviously NASA. So it's it's not entirely a fair comparison, but of course Tell me, well, a, go- tell me that- a program that the government doesn't spend 10 times what the private market would. I, I, I see where you're coming from, Mark, but you are presuming that the International Space Station is in any way a model for what this man is doing. I mean, oh, he's come up with an inflatable least a model, space station. It's at the very least a model for how not to do something. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Bigelow's, uh, Big- Bigelow only occasionally gives interviews, and except for Michael Gold, the director of his Washington office, the employees almost never speak publicly uh, one of their important Bigelow Aerospace cultural values implores their employees to keep their work and uh, the work of their co-workers very private from people outside of the company. The Las Vegas site is hemmed by barbed wire and patrolled by armed guards. And Bigelow, uh, the soundness of the business case is unknown to outsiders, declines to say if he has firm commitment from any countries or companies to rent space on his space stations. So he's going out there and he's taking a, a pretty big risk. Millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of his dollars are at risk here. Maybe he'll lose it all. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson. Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. This is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those, including our news updates. You can get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to news.freetalklive.com. And get signed up where uh, you can either get our email updates, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, you can choose from whichever one of those options that you want at news.freetalklive.com. Again, that's news.freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian. And Adam. And Mark. Uh, and uh, by the way, Adam joining us here from motorhomediaries.com and more importantly, copblock.org. Uh, I didn't mention that earlier, and copblock has been, uh, we've, we, we've been sponsored by copblock actually on uh, this program, cop. but cop. Isn't that what I said? Yeah, I just want to make sure. uh, we've been sponsored by CopBlock on this program, and it, although it's been a little bit indirect, you guys haven't actually bought the ad. It was one of your fans on the internet who came to us and said, hey, I, I want to buy one story a week sponsored by CopBlock.org. It doesn't even have to come from CopBlock.org. just has to, to be sponsored by uh, CopBlock. So thanks to, I think it was Cliff yep. that did that. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, which is great. It was a little decentralization, right? You guys didn't even have to lift a finger, and you got a sponsorship on absolutely. Free Talk Live. Absolutely. That's kind of what uh, CopLock.org is all about. Uh, Tell me what, what CopLock.org is all about briefly here, and maybe sure, we'll sure. talk more about space in a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, CopLock.org is a thing I started, uh, a website I started a couple months ago. Uh, we focus on uh, police brutality and uh, pro-police accountability. I mean, uh, all too often, the uh, double standard in police officers, um, they get their extra level of protection, internal investigations, and other things. So we try to highlight that. Um, we, we take it a little further, I feel, than some other organizations and uh, do calls. We uh, we advocate putting cameras in people's faces as um, or officers' uh, faces. And, and you actually do it. Sure, yeah, you, absolutely. You don't just, like, like you're saying, you get a little more involved. You don't just report on people interacting with bad cops. You actually get out there and you find some of them and you find some of them doing naughty things. Just the other day, you guys, uh, you and Pete Ayer made a, a temporary move at least to new hampshire you're going to be here for the summertime and then you're going to go on a, another tour which we can't say too much about <laughs> uh but you guys are up here for a little while and within a week's time you'd already gotten one video of a keen cop keen pd shopping at walmart while parked in the fire lane I, and you busted him exactly yeah like i like to tell people you don't have to go out of your way to find these officers uh abusing <laughs> their rights um you just have to go about your daily tasks so we were in walmart shopping doing our thing Notice an officer in there, and I said, I, I told Pete, I bet you five bucks he's parked illegally. And sure enough, so I, I took a few pictures, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to wait for him. And uh, it took a little longer than I thought, so I went back inside, snapped a few pictures. He uh, came out with what I think was motor oil mm-hmm. and uh, in the fire lane and tries to tell me it's official police business that uh, he's, he's doing that. But I asked him if he would ticket another vehicle, and he's like, yeah, but I'm a police officer. So get on video, show the people what the, the mentality is and the thought pattern of the police, and you know, try to encourage others to do the same. You guys have been uh, trying to encourage others to do the same. There's a, a video contest going on right now. What's that all about? Well, that's good. We had uh, about five submissions for that. It ran about a month. And uh, tomorrow, actually, which uh, I'm glad you brought this up, um, they will be posted on coplock.org. And we could, we could use uh, the Free Talk Live listeners out there to uh, uh, comment on them, vote them up, and uh, choose a winner, hopefully, uh, first thing Monday morning. So, uh, so five. That's that's it, or is is it still not too late to get your video in? It, it is too late. It is too uh, late. Yeah, okay. it's have, over. Everything. It's over. Now, <laughs> somebody's going to win two hundred fifty bucks out of this. And again, another example of how you guys didn't really have to do a whole lot. 
Uh, you put out the notice. You uh, somebody put up a hundred bucks for it in the first place. Was that you? Yeah, I, I put up. I, I just decided I figured incentive is the way to get people motivated, and and what speaks better than fattening the wallet, right? Well, and then your 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 uh, viewers at copblock.org stepped up and more than doubled the amount. Somebody stepped up with a hundred bucks to match you, and then somebody else came in with fifty bucks. Yeah, absolutely. After uh, I, I called in the free talk live, actually, and then uh, Carlos Miller and one from each, uh, one from Carlos Miller, which is uh, photography is not a crime, awesome. and then one from here, uh, hundred dollars and fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah Carlos, CarlosMiller.com is is his blog, by the way, and he's been doing a great job at uh, keeping an eye on bad cops. I'm glad you guys have, have basically teamed up, it sounds like. I know he's mentioned CopBlock.org on his blog. I imagine that's been good for a good amount of traffic for you. Yeah, and it just so happens we have a uh, contri- uh, CopBlock contributor uh, just so happened to be like three miles away from him and didn't know he knew of Carlos Miller but didn't know they were so close with so now They're kind of connected. So they met and, up. Yeah. Oh, and cool. Carlos was in some trouble one night and uh, Robert was on his way out there to give him some assistance until he called him off and said, I'm all good. Oh, so that's great. It's nice, yeah. Fantastic. So please head over to CopBlock.org if you haven't been there yet. Uh, CopBlock.org. You can go there, get uh, sign up for the blog. Or I, I've got mine in my aggregator, and I think it's really great. It's a great resource. And I'm glad to have uh, the cop block folks here in Keene, New Hampshire, right now. Oh yeah, it's great. The, the half the team is here now, or, or actually just less than because we just got a new guy on board, uh, Brett Perry. But yeah, we've uh, got a video up there from a couple of days ago of the few uh, t- uh, opportunities we've had in Keene to uh, film some police. So it's pretty interesting stuff. Let's keep going here with your phone calls. Christine is on the line in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Christine. Hi. Great show, guys. Thanks. Um, What's on your mind tonight? I had a comment to make and that none of you have brought up that I think is the most important one um, regarding NASA's existence. Um, certainly I'm in full agreement with you that, you know, I object to it being that legalized uh, theft, you know, using taxpayer money uh, to support the program, and it should be privatized. However, the bigger issue here, or just as big, um, is what I believe the purpose, actually, at least what it's come to be, is no longer a civilian space program. And I would remind your listeners that um, not only Obama, but presidents before him, of course, Bush as well, have implemented uh, administrative programs in which they have sort of erased those lines where that was supposed to be a civilian space program so that the Pentagon um, can, quote, do these cooperative uh, projects with NASA, which really the entire intent, as you and I know, for the Pentagon is the militarization of, Mm. of space. And the way they're going to get that is by control over space, and they already are allotted, you know, this enormous amount of our taxpayer money for the Pentagon for doing things around the world that we uh, reject. But in order to circumvent even those limits, as, as large as they are and the money that they can get, by working, quote, with cooperative efforts with NASA, they're able to get even more money for their war plans, for the militarization, be it satellites, be it GPS, be it, you know, the manned transport, or even um, the resources that are going to be available in space in terms of transport. And I think that's really important because I think that that is really what the federal government, you cannot trust, obviously, anything that they say. And NASA, I do not believe, is any longer that great program, even the taxpayers who say, I'll gladly give my money when they can't speak for me or you. But that aside, they're ignoring the fact that this is just another way to circumvent for the Pentagon to use it for militarization of space. Yeah, but it's cooperation, Christine. What's wrong with cooperation? 
<laughs> not cooperation with the use of tax money, and certainly not when that tax money is going to be used uh, for murderous efforts and for efforts that many of us would disagree with. That is why a space program privately supported avoids all of that. If people want to contribute to the militarization of space, let them do it. If I want to contribute, as the um, three of you were discussing, you know, to man missions and, and being in space and all of this and whatever um, possibilities are there, I can know that my money is going to that and not to... Uh, uh, war efforts. Great point tonight, Christine. I'd yeah. never heard that one before about uh, NASA, and I'm glad that you brought it out. Yeah, and you, you said it eloquently. Thanks for the call. I appreciate Thank hearing you. from you. Yep, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we've been talking about space entrepreneurship, and one of the big players in the world of space development is Bigelow, uh, Bigelow Aerospace, led by Mr. Bigelow. Now, I was watching a video about one of his guys that was presenting it, uh, some TED speech. Mm-hmm. It's TED.com, I think. Yeah. Uh, T-E-D. And they're amazing videos that you can go over there. But he was talking about the space program, and he was talking about the hotels that they intend to set up or whatever. And he was explaining how the moon, there's no atmosphere on the moon. So they're going to set up a hotel in some kind of orbit where it comes really close, like within... Feet, I don't know, of of the moon's surface in its uh, orbit. So it'll oh, go wow. way out so you can see the moon from a distance. Um, and I don't know how long it would take it to orbit, say a day, right? So, um, you know, you can go see the moon at different uh, distances, close hmm. and far, to the point where you're skimming across the surface and hmm. you can, like, count rocks and things like that. So it's pretty really, really neat. Right, interesting. According to the Is story- NASA going to do that? I mean, no. come on, people. Do you really <laughs> believe for a second that NASA is going to make a moon skimming hotel? Certainly not. I don't think anybody ever thought that it would. 800-259-9231. if they did. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Talk a little bit more about some of the costs involved in uh, space entrepreneurship. Compare it to the government here. 800-259-9231. You can also bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. You can do it with any major credit card or PayPal or some alternative options, and we will take that money in. Uh, it's, I think it's like $2.60 or something like that after they take their credit card fee. But when we get the money in, we'll take it in, we'll reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And we're talking about Bigelow Aerospace. There's a story in the New York Times about the space race, the entrepreneur, sp- entrepreneurial space race, which inevitably is uh, resulting in some pretty amazing developments happening for a fraction of the cost 
of what the government would have to spend, presuming they could even come up with these kind of developments. I mean, the government throws all kinds of money at something that they want to do, but in the end, when they actually get it done, it's this behemoth, ugly, expensive, or you know, this, this piece of equipment. Oh, the organization is unaccountable. The equipment is always just a, almost next to garbage. It's amazing the thing flies. The crocoduck. Sure, and how many how many trips have they done up there just to uh, repair things? So there's it's, it's a constant problem, and and the uh, the amount of right. fuel. And there's nothing to compare it with, and that's what the space space program. It's kind of like saying the United States military is the greatest military the world has ever known. Okay, I can't really uh, say anything that's, that that I can't say that that's false. However, if there was some reason for a business to come up with a military, and we fortunately have not seen that because. Well, I guess it's not fortunate. The, the United, States, the United States military um, is for sale to whatever businesses, United States businesses want to do business in different places, essentially. Um, so but a crack team of mercs could probably do a better job than... Uh, I believe wholeheartedly if you would have sent Blackwater out to find Osama bin Laden that that war, war would have lasted a few months. So according to the story here at the New York Times, just kind of looking at some of the costs involved, we already looked at the uh, the cost of the International Space Station, which estimates, I mean, they can't even come up with an actual number, estimates of the cost of the International Space Station. Right. Expenses are so dizzyingly large and murky that their estimates are... Between 30 and $130 million. 30 and $130 Wait, billion, mi- billion, I'm sorry, billion. Billion. They, they, <laughs> uh, million would be great, right? They've got these unaccounted yeah. for $100 billion. Right. So compare that to what Bigelow has spent on his uh, enterprise so far, which is $180 million of his own money so far. So he hasn't even had to go into uh, get, bringing investors on board. He owns this operation from top to bottom. He's willing to spend more than $320 million additional in order to uh, expand his factory and, and just continue this, uh, this development. So literally a fraction of what the uh, the government has spent, as well as the diversity in having the uh, recreation things and uh, being able to take somebody who doesn't have a NASA degree uh, into space. Now he has apparently downplayed the idea that he's creating a space hotel. Uh, though I, I imagine if somebody wants to come and give this guy some money, he's going to take him. He's going to take him into space. Uh, well, it's probably not uh, politically conducive at this point to say that I'm I'm taking civilians into space mm-hmm. and bumping governments off or whatever. So. Over the past year, uh, gold visited countries like Japan, South Korea, Singapore, the Netherlands, England, and Sweden to gauge interest. A stay on a Bigelow station, including transportation, is currently priced at just under $25 million per person for 30 days. Now, that's less than half the more than $50 million per seat that NASA is paying for rides alone on the Soyuz spacecraft to the International Space Station. So let me put that, those numbers out one more time in case you got lost in there. Twenty-five million per person for thirty days spent on the Bigelow space station, and most of this is going to be spent by countries that want to say we've had somebody in space. We've got mm-hmm. a space program. Yippee, yippee! I mean, we've got citizens living in huts who uh, wish that they could yeah. find clean water, but we've had an astronaut because we're important. Twenty-five million a person for thirty days. So that's less than a million dollars a day to stay on the space station, and that is half the cost of what it costs NASA to send somebody up to their space station. Just one day. One yeah. Day? Yeah, for for to just send them up to the space station. 50 the million there. 50 million dollars to send somebody to the space station with NASA. 25 million with the private boys to stay up there for 30 days. 
So, I mean, right there, yeah, that's a lot about difference. the government and its uh, ways of spending, right? Right. And so, I mean, there's. It says also a great deal about competition. When there is no competition, prices are going to be high. Sure, but there's not even. There really isn't even that much competition for this guy, right? I mean, so competition is a factor, but. This dude doesn't really have much competition. I mean, there's the the guy from Virgin Space, and maybe there are some other players out there that are real hush hush about what they're doing, and that nothing has gotten out. And you know, who knows? It, I guess suppose there's always that unknown competitive top, element, top, right? top secret. Yeah, where you don't know, where this business owner, this entrepreneur, doesn't know how much competition he has. He looks at the market, and he can only see the the one guy, and he's just doing passenger but, things. But he's right now, building. Bigelow's uh, only competition is the government, whose answer for everything is throwing money at it. The only way they've been engaging themselves the last, I don't. Right. X amount of years is to throw more money at it. So really, it's just uh, an issue of how they're they're structured, of how they operate. Bigelow, private company, interests in driving costs down. Government, government, sure. <laughs> no interest in in uh, containing costs at all. So even without competition, even with just NASA versus Bigelow, just even if Bigelow were the one guy in the uh, the marketplace, the monopoly provider, he would still. Just wax the floor with uh, with NASA as far as costs are concerned. Yeah, they'll be they'll be begging to hitch rides with uh, him up there uh, if they were smart. But uh, yeah, the one the one thing that the, the government has the advantage in here is sort of R and D. Um, Bigelow is not going to be incentivized in the same way that the government the government wants to say, look, we're good at this, and of course they've got all that stolen money, that huge budget, um, these unionized essentially employees that that work for them. They well, we can't lay these people off. They've got families. Um, we can't we can't turn over the space program to the private marketplace. These scientists have families, so the 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 government has the advantage in the area of R&D which is extremely expensive and it wait, wait, wait. just because uh, yeah. it can pay for it doesn't mean it has an advantage it doesn't mean that it's going to do a good job at the R&D whatever they produce is essentially free R&D for the new uh, emerging private space industry. Do you know what I mean? It's presuming that their R and D is valuable to the private. You're, you, you're, the, the two statements you've made so far about uh, the the International Space Station being some sort of a model uh, for this this new private space station, and now this R and D statement presumes that anything that NASA has done, and I'm not saying there haven't been things that they've done that have been valuable, but the presumption is that. The, the work they put in has been valuable when they might have made a bunch of bass awkward systems that just suck. Sure. To look at look at uh, NASA and the Bigelow guys. Uh, look at their R&Ds. Who's probably working better? The one guy's telling them, we have X amount of dollars and I want to get here in such amount of time. And then at NASA, it says, you know, here. Write and, your own budget. And, right, right. And, and make sure you use this all up by the end of the year or we lose it. Well, and that comes back to the point they're going to make here uh, in the story. Uh, for a com- country or company willing to sign up for a four-year commitment, the lease for an entire six-person module uh, this private space station could cost or would cost just under $395 million per year, and that would include transportation for a dozen people each year. Uh, they said that you see why this is a, an attractive for the sovereign client market, according to Bigelow's spokesperson. Sovereign client market. That's what mm-hmm. I guess that's what they're calling government. Governments, yeah. The Bigelow prices are good through 2018, and Bigelow said the prices would drop by then if, as he expects, rocket prices drop. So Bigelow operates with the presumption that this is going to become a more popular industry. He's that, right. Uh, scale, uh, economies of scale is going there to bring costs down. There are people out there that are wealthy enough that they want to pay for uh, – Was it, a, it was essentially Essentially, a little less than a million dollars a day was what they were claiming that it was going to cost. And once yeah. he gets competition in the marketplace, it's going to drop It'll be dramatically. 
but there are people out there in the world that are going to be willing to pay a million dollars a day of course. for a couple few days and essentially a space hotel. They've already seen the rest of the world. This is the one place they haven't been. Right. They've got in a tremendous amount of money and they're, they're, a million bucks, they'll, they'll do it. <laughs> spent <laughs> right. spent the weekend on the space station. It was wonderful. You should try it, Muffy. It'll be the retreat for these celebrities of such sure. status, right? You know they will. Absolutely. Tom Hanks will be on it. Now then, uh, space exploration technologies, or SpaceX, which is the most optimistic in reducing launching costs, uh, says we're very comfortable with our numbers and declined to discuss the details. <laughs> estimated we're comfortable with our numbers. Go they, away. <laughs> they estimated that a ride to its, uh, excuse me, rides to space on its Falcon 9 rockets would be $20 million per seat. So a little more expensive than $2 million. But like you say, Mark, these are all just estimates right now. Who knows where it'll Do, do they say how up. many seats they have? Did not say that. Not yeah, once say. you build Falcon the rocket, 9, though, once, once they build this Falcon rocket thing that they build, it doesn't matter what it costs them to build it. It matters as to how much they can get per seat. And then, you know, the marketplace is going to decide what those things cost. All right. If somebody sure. comes in with uh, $18 million and they've got an empty seat, they're probably going to take it. No, well, they're going to take a I, – I, it sounds high to me, um, just all of what they've got to say there. $20 million uh, for just a ride? Come on. The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You're welcome to comment on the uh, space industry that's starting to really boom out there. And it's getting pretty exciting. I mean, who knows? Maybe within the next 10 years, it'll become commonplace for people to go up on space vacations. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour number two is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Adam. And Mark. Adam is here from uh, MotorhomeDiaries.com and CopBlock.org. You can go there and get some uh, great information and activism in reference to the police being out of control. And uh, copblock.org, great resource. In fact, one of the sponsors of this program, as a matter of fact, we like to bring you the occasional story, and uh, copblock.org brings it to you. Mark, you've got one about a cop and a DUI. What happens when cops get DUIs? Well, uh, in this, I don't know it's what just serious. happens every time, but in this... it's serious. Hold on, hold on. It's serious when somebody gets a DUI. I mean, they take away a driver's license, usually a multi-thousand dollar fine. Increased insurances. Certainly insurance. Sometimes jail time is involved. I mean, this is a one of the more serious crimes. I mean, we're talking children could be hurt here. No, no, you're you're just talking about a DUI. This case is a DUI manslaughter case. Um, oh boy! And I can't tell you, I, I quite a few good friends that I met while I was in prison had five, ten years for being in for DUI manslaughter. So this isn't just a situation where somebody got drunk. This is a situation where somebody got drunk and someone was killed. Oh my gosh! So. I don't know what happens every time this happens with a cop. I'm sure that plenty of there. I'm sure there's enough cases where cops have been uh, convicted of this and and bad things have happened to them. You're but, sure of that? 
Why are you sure of that? I think I've heard of a couple, and I do kind of pay attention. I've heard of probably more that haven't, but yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that everybody- You're talking about exceptions, not the rule here. Right. I think everybody in the sound of my voice understands that cops are not held, especially in the area of driving to the same standard that you and I are Mm -hmm. held to. I just can't imagine- Who hasn't seen it? I just can't imagine. Who hasn't seen them running through uh, stoplights and doing all kinds of things that everybody else would get pulled over and, and ticketed for? My, my dad was part of the, uh, the sheriff's posse, which is kind of a volunteer cop thing. Mm-hmm. And um, he, there was a, sort of, he was telling me a joke, and I didn't entirely understand it at the time, where he was talking about this cop that was so gung-ho that he would give a ticket to his mother. And, you know, I'm like, uh, the, I guess the way I kind of felt about it was, well, of course he'd give a ticket to his mother. Speeding's wrong, and you have to enforce the law even-handedly, right? Well, that's what they'd have you believe. No, but the rest of the cops would make fun of this guy for the f- way he gave tickets. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he gave them too even-handedly. I for, see. He was over, overly fair. Uh, <laughs> apparently. I mean, so yeah. the other police made fun of him and ridiculed him, ostracized him or whatever. Wow. Um, so I don't know, you know, I don't know the the the, the, the ins and outs of it, but I was rather young and, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of confused by this. Well, why wouldn't he give a ticket to his mother? Isn't that what's fair? So what's happened now? So the idea is that... Uh, so this guy, this guy killed somebody while he was driving drunk. Yeah. Eric Lagunas' family came... At, well... And where's the, the story from? This is from the suntimes.com. Got got it. It. But I got it at freetalklive.com where you can vote up or vote down these stories, and this one was near the top. Excellent. Eric Lagunas's family came to court Friday morning clinging to the slimmest of hopes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Is Lagunas the victim? Yes. Okay. But their two-and-a-half-year quest for justice ended in bitter tears. As I was sh- laughing, by the way. I was only laughing if they were the family of the yeah. cop, like that they were clinging yeah. to the hope yeah, that he me might, too. I thought the same thing, might but. be released as though it were any sort of question whether or not he would be. <laughs> but, but the speedy okay. justice system had this in two and a half years? Two and a half years. And you know, it would have gone so much faster if, uh, if this would have been anybody else but a cop. But their two and a half year quest for justice ended in bitter tears as the Chicago mm. police officer, they say, mm. killed Lagunas and his friend Miguel Flores in a... Thanksgiving 2007 drunken driving crash uh, walked out of the uh, 26th and California courthouse a free man this is in Chicago. Wow, free! Oh man, that's it. Charges that's it. That's the dropped. update. That's it. It's a joke. Oh. They say we can continue with a civil suit. Said <laughs> um, Maria Lagunas, 22, Eric's cousin. But no amount of money is ever going to bring Eric back. It's true. Then again, no amount of prison time is going to bring Eric back either. However, I understand their, their frustration. And what will also probably happen here is the uh, city will then probably be on the hook. Chicago, one of the worst, uh, will be on, I think it was a $32 million settlement a couple weeks ago for them uh, beating up a kid on a bike. And really? That'll be the same thing for, for this people. Uh, no charge on the officers, taxpayers on the hook. If if they even get uh, manage to get it through, and I'm just going to take a guess here with the Lagunas, and the, they're saying that they're already not looking at the civil suit. You know how much money do these people have to pursue this suit? You've got to have money to get justice um, in the civil in the civil courts. I'm afraid. Uh, you might find a mon- or a lawyer who's looking at a payday at the end of this and grab you for free as until money's found. But could, but it's hard to convict when you don't have a you know a criminal situation. Oh, you're right. That is very true. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I wouldn't make any uh, assumptions. I do know that the uh, cop has been, uh, all the charges have been dropped. Cook County prosecutors met privately with the Lagunas family Friday morning, gently telling them that they had no choice but to drop the aggravated drunken driving and reckless homicide charges against Officer John Hardeline. <laughs> Prosecutors said, We have no choice. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> He's one of our own. Prosecutors said their case fell apart after Cook County Judge Thomas Gaynor Jr. threw out key evidence against Ardelaine in late April. The Lagunas family couldn't stand to uh, be in the courtroom when the case was officially dismissed. The family, um, knowing what was coming, said they couldn't bear to look at the police officer's face. A few moments later, Ardelaine, wearing dark sunglasses and uh, surrounding, surrounded by four beefy men in casual clothing... He has his own squad that goes in there with him. Isn't that nice? Wow. Uh, walked briskly down the courthouse steps. Reporters barked questions at him. They said uh, nothing and offered no hint of his feelings. Tim Needham, Ar- um, Ardeline's attorney, said that uh, his client's silence shouldn't be mistaken for indifference. He's always been upset <laughs> and distraught and completely understanding of the emotion and anger of the other side in this case. So Needham what has said, he done? You know, if he's so upset and distraught, uh, what, what has he done to try to uh, to make right? Well, I'll, uh, I, I would concede in that case that if he had done anything, it would be terrible for his yeah. case. So if he's going to do something, the time to do it is after Maybe his now. charges are dropped. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if, you know, if he's going to set up some kind of scholarship in these guys' yeah, names right. or anything. It seems yeah. unlikely, but, you know, what, what are you going to do? He's back on duty, right? I, I mean, was going to say, is he on duty? <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I don't think that that's the he's case gotta be. Uh, yet. Prosecutors also suggested, uh, excuse me, prosecutors made two attempts to prove that Ardeline uh, did after the two vehicle crash uh, of, on October, or excuse me, November the 22nd in Roscoe Village. Ardeline was charged with misdemeanor DUI, later upgraded to a felony, but those charges were dismissed when Cook County Judge Don Penneries ruled that there was no indication Ardeline, who was an off duty at the time, was drunk. Prosecutors reinst- uh, reinstated charges after saying that they had a lengthy surveillance videotape showing Ardeline drinking five shots and other drinks <laughs> at a Northside bar shortly before the crash. Okay, so they have video of him drinking. He refused a breathalyzer test. Um, prosecutors also suggested in pretrial hearings that the police uh, that police the night of the crash turned a blind eye to Ardeline's intoxication. Among other things, he wasn't arrested or given a breathalyzer until seven hours after the crash. Oh, excuse me, I thought he had. Uh, this was, must have been a different story I was reading. Gainer ruled in April that the supervising officer who ultimately made the arrest didn't have a strong enough evidence to do so. Gainer's ruling also suppressed key blood alcohol evidence. Uh, so you're saying that he didn't have enough evidence to take his. B- BAC. On he did have enough evidence to charge him for be, for having uh, for it be, having been a. Uh, what about the two mangled vehicles? <laughs> well, <laughs> just because you got an accident doesn't mean you were drunk. But you know, the, to me, the video of a guy drinking, uh, you know, taking five, five shots. shots. The fact that he is a police officer and cops just don't enforce these laws as, as well among themselves. And apparently, there's some kind of key blood alcohol evidence in here that was suppressed. Well, of course. Wow. The ruling sparked a furious reaction, resulting in the arrest of three of Flores' relatives after they scuffled with sheriff's deputies. Flores' relatives didn't show up on Friday. Lagunas' family said that that was because the Flores family knew how the case would end. In a written statement, prosecutors said they'd done extensive and in-depth research, but found they weren't there wasn't sufficient oh, grounds yeah. to appeal. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they worked real hard. I don't know whether they did or not. I, you know, maybe uh-huh. Maybe this particular group tried their best within the, the framework of what they're dealing with, but the judge was dismissing everything. Mm. What are you going to do with that? So clearly the uh, the government's different branches are really working hard against one another, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're designed to compete, and here's a great example. Oh, no, the judge is just working for the cops pretty much here. Ardeline is currently on administrative leave and has been relieved of his police powers pending the outcome of an internal affairs investigation. The now, police... 
uh, department said in a state. Cops administrative, cops. administrative leave tends to mean paid. They didn't say it was unpaid, so that sounds to me like a paid vacation. Same, same here. All right, more coming up here. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, and they're free. Listening options included live streams, broadband, and dial-up versions, our webcam, and listen lines, which allow you to call in via any phone that can dial long distance. And you can listen around the clock at Listen dot freetalklive.com you can take control of these airwaves and we go to the phones and to the fun here in mere moments hostgator is a worldwide leader for web hosting they make it easy for you to get your own dot com domain name whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website you can create your very own website with their free website builder tools and templates Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL as in Free Talk Live. Sign up at HostGator.com to get your free your first month completely free. HostGator.com, code FTL. All right, let's continue with your phone calls about what you want. And then coming up, an update on the WikiLeaks case with the just incredibly disturbing video that uh, was released supposedly anonymously to the, uh, the Internet. We'll tell you what's going on there. There's an update. Uh, but first, we go to Chris in Texas. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live, the Adam and Mark yeah, hey, uh, how y'all doing? What's on your mind tonight, Chris? Uh, just, uh, I spoke last night, I called in for the first time uh, to your radio show, and uh, brought up the information conversation I had with the two military personnel regarding uh, the evacuation of Grand Isle, Louisiana. Yeah, you, and, believed, uh, you believe that the entire Gulf Coast will be evacuated by the U.S. military on the excuse that the... Some, something about the, the Gulf oil spill will cause them to evacuate. Right, right. Uh, I don't necessarily uh, – I'm, I'm keeping my mind and uh, open about that. I just um, uh, submitted some information to you uh, last night and also today um, after uh, me and a couple other people have contacted Ron Paul's office, Congressman uh, Ron Paul of Texas, and he picked up a story and um, – uh, ran the bit of the two videos I sent you last night on um, reporter James Fox and his first account um, of what's going on in Grand Isle. And I just wanted to call in to see what your thoughts were. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen these videos that uh, that you're referencing. Uh, did you put them on the website over at freetalklive.com? No, I, I sent, uh, sent you an um, uh, email. Okay. Well, at what e- email address? Um, let's see, what do I have? Oh, well, um, uh, email, um, uh, FL, uh, Free Talk Live. FTL at Free Talk FTL Live. FTL Free Talk Live, yeah, I just, 
very rarely get a chance to uh, to check that uh, that email address. So honestly, the I don't best even thing really to do know. is to go to freetalklive.com and submit the video. Yeah. Um, and uh, which is what our, our webpage says uh, when it gives that email address is it tells you to not submit things for the show uh, to that email address, but instead submit them to the website. Although we certainly won't see everything that's on our website either. We only have so much time during the day and can only right. spend so much. I mean, we're we're not just. Uh, the show hosts were also the the guys that run the show behind the scenes, so we're yeah. we're busily doing things. Uh, so, yeah. what's it's, the subject here? You're saying this is the uh, the video of the reporter who was allegedly uh, harassed by the police, or what are we talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, harassed by um, uh, federals, um, uh, military, uh, trying and, to get information out of uh, the locals. Uh, anybody that speaks about this is getting arrested. Anybody with a camera. Is getting arrested. Okay, now what's the um, name of the uh, the reporter that was arrested? Uh, Jamie Fox. Jamie, uh, not Fox. Jamie Fox. Uh, James Fox. Okay, and was he with a, like a local television station or is he a national no, I reporter? Think he, he could be like um, um, I've seen a couple of posts on the net tonight. Uh, they're calling himself a reporter. He could be a civilian, you know, guerrilla reporter, um, like POs out there are. Um, He's got two clips, um, his first account of what's going on. Um, I also sent you a uh, post from the military that's also uh, out there as of today. From- All right, I actually just found this here because it's, it's a little hard to follow what you're saying. Here is a, uh, a, a website called Rumor Mill News. They're claiming that uh, this James Fox... Let's see. James Fox allegedly has witnessed something here. Uh, he's presently in Grand Isle, Louisiana, the closest location right. to the Gulf oil spill. Uh, what I'm sharing with you is extremely important. There's an absolute media blackout in the area. People are being arrested everywhere. Hotels in a 70-mile radius are completely sold out, yet you don't see any vans or reporters filming. It's as if the entire area was under siege. James Fox has witnessed this and basically just arrived. He says he saw multiple Chevron helicopters flying. He has not seen any military activity. It's as if the oil companies had taken over. James expected to rent a plane to fly over it, and that is not possible. The area above the oil spill is a no-fly zone, allegedly. I'm issuing this bulletin because James Fox's name needs to be out in the public. So what kind of a reporter? I mean, It sounds like a blog post. You know, I'm, well, I'm this not is sure just, that's not... Uh, no, this is just some my, post on some website. You know, I'm not going to um, discuss whether, you know, about this guy's background. There's information out there. Uh, right, so but basically what we're going on here are just the allegations of anonymous people calling radio shows and posting on the Internet, right? I mean, there's no real evidence. What's in the video footage that, uh, that, you, that you sent? Uh, video footage of um, uh, Humvees with 50 cal... Um, Gun turrets. Um, yeah, but when the military does something, military they always person. bring out guns and stuff. Right. I mean, if if you were the military, no, 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 they don't. They only bring out heavy stuff like that just in case of uh, uh, civil unrest. Uh, I myself was a U.S. Air Force veteran, worked at the Pentagon Crypto Intel for eight years, and and I mean, I, and my background is is 
It's 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 just there. Uh, well, if I, they need I, to send a if they need to send a Humvee full of people somewhere and there's a 50 cal mounted on it, they're not going to unmount the 50 cal if they just I mean, need it to is send, the military, right? Send some people uh, somewhere. So so the video footage you you're saying doesn't really actually have anything significant in it uh, beyond just military being moved around, right? I mean they're not they're not hurting uh, people in the footage. People aren't being. I mean arrested. I've seen military vehicles driving around here with uh, with weapons mounted on the top. I didn't feel like we were under siege. Well, it's just uh, the whole point of, of, you know, what you're, I mean, if you're comfortable with that, then. No, no, I'm oh, not comfortable I hate with it. it. But they didn't point him at me. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with with. with well, right, uh, right. I'm not. I'm not comfortable with it either. But I'm not going to go and say that there's some sort of secret plot going on just because the military is uh, is maneuvering some equipment around. There was one day I was I was sitting in uh, the the local gas station. I was fueling up the local gas station about. I don't know. It must have been half dozen. Yeah, at least a half a dozen military vehicles came into that parking lot, and uh, it was probably the National Guard on some sort of a training run or something like that. But it's it certainly creeped me out. I got up my uh, video camera, I hit the, the record button, and I recorded it was as it was happening. I did it to Quick dot com, so it broadcast immediately. And I guess that's what my question is here. I mean, you, you've got the, these videos that you're, you're saying are so damning, but really it's just them moving. Uh, you know, troops or, or machinery around, right? I mean, that that doesn't well, really mean uh, that doesn't really equal some sort of a secret plot. Well, the 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 footage out there that that has been taken is 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 first off, it's 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 uh, um, it's there were over thirty four hours of, of videos that these folks from Waco drove down uh, driven down to uh, well thirty four hours of video isn't anything that anyone's going to want to watch. If they don't have anything worth watching, that's like two minutes long. Then they're not going to really get uh, much attention yeah, for just, what's going just on. Just take the uh, take the, well, the civilians being rounded. Thanks, up. Chris, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk a little bit more about videoing uh, things as they happen coming up. Free Talk Live. Believe it, had I not seen it with my own eyes, I arrive. First of all, I spent a couple of days in New Orleans, kind of you know acclimating myself, and with. A- this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Morsels. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. A balanced diet is important, but so is the occasional treat. Working with your kids to bake a dessert from scratch helps them to appreciate it even more, and it keeps them from resenting having to eat their veggies every other day. Plus, baking is a perfect excuse to spend time with your kids, since just being together is a treat. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us, features including our archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. Yours for free at freetalklive.com. In fact, you can go into the podcast, go all the way back to the beginning of 2009, download all that stuff for free. freetalklive.com. Available at Porkfest, Chartarum, original motion uh, motion picture soundtrack by John Shaw, brought to you by Think Twice Productions, including tracks by Liberty activists Hannah Hoffman and Nothing Project, as well as Scottish gangster rap epic featuring Touchmaster J and user Mac Friendly. Get your copy at Porkfest and receive a limited edition Porkfest commemorative beer mug. <laughs> oh, yeah, great idea. Uh, so you have to go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival to uh, to get that, right? 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, that, that's where the premiere is. It's going to be available. The Chartarum uh, motion picture soundtrack will be available Port, after Porkfest. Porkfest2010.com. We'll tell you more about Porkfest here in a little bit. We just got a call from a guy who called last night, and I was pretty skeptical of, of his call last night. His name was Chris, and he called in uh, t- tonight to let us know that he'd sent us an email with video about the uh, these allegations that he made last night that he believes that the U.S. military is preparing to evacuate a place called Grand Isle, Louisiana, and he actually believes that the uh, military is going to evacuate the entirety of the Gulf Coast. So however many millions of people that is, I don't know. But that's the, that was his speculation last night, and he said it was based off of the allegations that he's been hearing through whatever channels. I'm not sure what the, the channels are, but he claims that there's a, a documentary filmmaker named, named James Fox who has been uh, down there in in Grand Isle and has witnessed, uh, I guess, people being arrested. Allegedly, the uh, the the oil companies have, are flying helicopters now. But shouldn't be uh, out of the uh, abnormal, right? It's, uh, they're right. should be all over. Right. So he's he's making it sound like there's this uh, real crackdown going on, and maybe there really is. Maybe maybe there is. But aren't we in the year 2010? Don't people have the ability to? I mean, if if there are all these arrests going on. How is it that no footage has gotten out? He says that there's 34 hours of some footage of some crap. I don't care what it is. If it's 34 hours long, nobody's going to pour through that to to find the you know the diamond in the rough. <laughs> well, uh, I, it, it would seem like whoever uh, made the footage would probably come up with the with the highlights, and you can make it into somewhere between two and ten minutes. You would think, yeah. Um, so that's why it's, it's just it's so hard to believe these claims because right now, basically, what he's saying is that there's one guy. One. This James Fox character who is uh, he is he has broken this story wide open, except there's not any real evidence besides what James Fox is saying. So during the the last break, I decided to poke around. And actually, when we came back, I didn't realize you we were coming back because I was playing the audio from this interview of uh, James Fox and was a little distracted by that. Not because I was engrossed. I was just distracted. I was looking at this James Fox. First of all, the video the guy sent, Chris. It's not really video. Yeah, it's just pictures. It's no, it's just one picture. It's just a well, static frame, right? It's a static frame of four pictures of the animals in the the sea, like with oil on them. And it's an interview of James Fox on some unnamed uh, radio show. I didn't uh, have time to listen to the whole thing, obviously, but you know, it, it, the interview. We don't know what show it's on. Uh, we know that this James Fox is on the show, and he's making allegations. But the internet is rife with sort of uh, conspiratorial, ultra conservative shows that where you know on Blog Talk Radio or whatever. Well, he called it the 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 host of this show called James Fox filmmaker James Fox, and I figured, well, if James Fox is a pretty generic name, but if if I put filmmaker in front of it when I search the internet, maybe I'll find this guy, right? So I did that. Filmmaker James Fox, and he's a UFO guy. Like he's a UFO tracking down kind of filmmaker. That's that's the kind of filmmaking that uh, that James Fox does. You know, doing his own kind of UFO investigations. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't ma- make him credible. I'm just saying that he's not really reporting on. He's not a <laughs> reporting on truth. Yeah, it doesn't really seem to be the the the, the most important issue, and it doesn't really give him. Yeah, All right, UFOs, he's not credible. Yeah, UFOs, <laughs> credible. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's know? done dancing around it. And, no and, credibility. And that doesn't mean that I don't think that there could be UFOs, that I don't think that there are uh, a- aliens in space. Well, it's I just think that, that there's, a big step, the there's a big step between there's life on other planets and that life has visited here, there is. zoomed around, and prodded our cows and our country, country folk.
Now, for all I know, James Fox had a long career in, uh, you know, in, in journalism before he decided to go uh, down the UFO road. I don't know. I, I haven't done much more than a break's worth of uh, looking into who this guy is. But what kind of a filmmaker doesn't have the ability to record video of the things that uh, that he's encountering? Why is he doing a radio interview? Why why doesn't he actually have footage of these people being arrested or the allegations that are being made? I mean, come on, it, uh, uh, spy cams are fifty bucks. Exactly. I mean, even myself, a subpar filmmaker. I right. say. I mean, I, I've been hanging with you guys like a week and a half now. You ever see me without a camera? I mean, no, you got one, one in your hands always. I have one with me now. Right. I mean, there's always a camera by. Well, I mean, he should have a clear-cut evidence, and like you said, if he had 32 hours, uh, he should have a five-minute or less clip of, yep, government agent over here doing such-and-such such wrong, disperse, you know? You never know distribute. when you're going to see a UFO, right? Sure. And yeah, you've got to have a camera on Sasquatch you, right? could pop out of any, <laughs> uh, you know, behind any tree. You've got to be prepared if you're doing this stuff. Yeah. So, uh, it just color me unimpressed with, uh, with these claims. I mean, basically... I think that, like, okay... Let's see some more evidence. That's all. That's all I want Let's to see. Let's see some, some more evidence that the government's uh, coming to evacuate Grand Isle and the rest of the Gulf Maybe Coast. Maybe it's true. Maybe James Fox happened to be down in uh, Louisiana on some sort of UFO hunting thing, and he happened to stumble across this incredibly oppressive uh, scenario where the government people and the oil companies are working together to cover something up. I'm not even sure what the speculation is, Maybe but they're arresting people. Maybe there's a UFO in the Gulf. There you go. Now Maybe they use the oil spill to now cover it. Now there you're thinking go. like a conspiracy theorist. That's go. the kind of thing they come up with. They just come up. To, they just come up with conjecture based on right. reality. There's some facts. You know, facts are certainly in play, and then they you know make some story to go up around it a yep. lot of times. So if so many people are being arrested, it seems more likely that more than just James Fox would be speaking about it on the internet because anybody has access to it. Uh, that we'd see more than just the usual suspects of crackpot websites uh, re- reporting this. And I got some heat and email for using the term crackpot uh, the, the other night. Oops. What else am I supposed where to call does cra- this? I mean, where does it end? Where does the crackpot... Uh, right, when know- are you not a crackpot? I mean, is it when you believe that there are lizard men that are actually uh, in the, the positions of uh, power across the world? Is that, that they're not using crackpot? lasers to shoot, shoot out our, um, blow up our deep water drilling uh, platforms? I mean, at what point am I a crackpot? How crazy does my story have to be? So let's continue here. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. I-Man is in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, I-Man. How you gentlemen doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, you know, you, you got the gentleman on there. What is it, Cop Block or something like Co- that? Copblock.org. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, in this town I live in, we have three unarmed black men who have been killed by cops. One was running unarmed, and a cop shot him. I don't know what's going to happen in that case yet. And then we had another one shot. He was on his knees. Uh, oh, my God. Taking stuff out of his pocket. No, uh, cop shot him like five times. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, what am to the protect and serve? <laughs> a long time ago, I think we lost that. But um, it's, it's protecting and serving their turf, maybe. But uh, it sounds like you have an issue where you need some video cameras and uh, maybe a few uh, people to head out to coplock.org and maybe check out their Join Us page where we have some tips of things that you can do. That's at uh, coplock.org slash be active. So, if you, you know, we'd be happy to highlight some things if you guys can get us some video and do a call flood and take uh, some of these officers and get some accountability. What's a call flood, Adam? Hey, hey Ann, uh, do, oh. it, do y'all talk much about or have talked about Smedley Butler? Yeah, actually, we uh, read something from Smedley uh, the other night on this show, Memorial during Day. the Memorial Day show. And okay, we... good. I, I, I just ran across a guy. I can't, I've never even heard of him. I've asked a, 
quite a few people. None of them's heard of him. Yeah, they don't talk about him in your history class. Uh, but if the no. Marines, uh, <laughs> during basic training, Marines have to say goodnight, but, but, um, Smedley, every time they go to bed. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Ivan. Right. Always appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Talk Live. You are invited. Take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything. Doesn't mean we're going to believe you. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, you can, again, take control here as uh, we continue on. We'll also, uh, you can visit our website. The main feature of the site allows you to influence the stuff we'll talk about on these very airwaves. You submit what you think is interesting. And whether it's a video or audio or blog post or news item or whatever, you can even write up your own little essay on our site if you want. But you submit what you think is interesting. Our other listeners will vote it up or vote it down based on how they feel about it. And the most popular of the stories will end up on the front page and the top of our website. So, for instance, if uh, Chris, who called in earlier, were to have submitted his video, as he called it, to our website... Other listeners would have looked at it and uh, probably would have hit the down button. I don't know. I don't know what they would. I'm just. I just guessing. Oh, it depends, based on, on, depends on how accurate it looks. Right. If they. If they. Well, I can tell you the video is just an audio interview of this alleged uh, filmmaker who is alleging that uh, there are mass arrests going on in Grand Isle, Louisiana, without providing one shred of uh, of evidence beyond his own personal testimony. If there had been something a little bit more to that story, it likely would have gotten voted up, because anything that happens that is uh, is police state-related, or something that you might see over at copblock.org, uh, some sort of police oppression, those stories are very highly likely to make it to the top of our website. I mean, Mark, you talked about the DUI cop tonight. Cop arrested for DUI, manslaughter. I think it was in the second position. Completely, le- uh, completely let off of the charges, and that made it to the top page, uh, to- the top in the front of our website. Uh, so, as you say, second position. So, stories about corruption, oppression, real stories about these uh, these things, and there are plenty of them, will be fairly popular when submitted to our website. But an interview of a guy who's making allegations about corruption, there's just not that much there. Nonetheless, you could still submit whatever you want, and who knows what will end up happening with people voting on it. You can go to freetalklive.com uh, to do that. So maybe this uh, Grand Isle thing will, uh, will end up panning out into something more substan- substantive, um, and if so, we'll certainly let you know. Otherwise, it just seems like rumor... Uh, Maybe this guy is right. I hope he buys himself a hidden camera so he can uh, get some footage of these supposed arrests that are going on all across uh, Grand Isle. Because apparently no one in Grand Isle has the ability to stream video to the internet or record a video and then upload it later on to YouTube. Apparently if, if these arrests are going on, the police are so efficient that they're able to prevent absolutely everybody in the, uh, in the area from uh, getting the word out. I haven't seen it. a lot of evidence of that in my life. Uh, you know, that the they're that efficient? The government being efficient. <laughs> efficient. Yeah, I, so there you go. All right, we're going to continue here. Bile is on the line. Now, speaking of arrests of people, Bile, you've been there for a few of them, including Julian uh, Hecklin. Is it Hecklin? I always have to ask this, and I haven't remembered. 
Julian Heichlin. Heichlin. Julian Heichlin, one of the uh, fully informed jury activists who has been going around the country, uh, around the Northeast at least, going to different federal courthouses and handing out fully informed jury association information to people, was recently arrested by the feds. And uh, you've got an update on his case. Right. So quick uh, background. He was uh, arrested on May 25th. Uh, He was taken inside the building uh, out of my sight and then brought to the uh, Bellevue Hospital psych wing where he spent the night and uh, a doctor was trying to examine his mental health. The next morning called his wife. Uh, She said he was fine. Oh, do do we lose you? We lose Bile? Bile going once? I'll go in twice. You know, I had some problems with the the VoIP lines earlier today. Uh, Bile may want to call us back on our regular lines at 800-259-9231. Julian Heichlin has been uh, going around and appearing at these federal courthouses, and this is not his first time being arrested. The guy is is an old hat at uh, at being arrested. He's been arrested multiple times at the same courthouse. Right, and it's just for giving out uh, fully informed jury association information on the uh, the steps of the courthouse. You'd think that you were able to do this, but this is how they treat activists uh, here in the United States. Well, it seems this time, too, it was for uh, old bench warrants, wasn't it, of of something not even related to the handouts of this time. Yeah, this is why he was being held uh, without being released for like some petty whatever. I mean, I hope Bile calls back because he definitely has the scoop on it. But um, that's what I remember reading on Blog of Bile at one point. Well, apparently they let him out just a couple days ago, and he has missed. He had, had scheduled a whole bunch of different appointments at other federal courthouses because this is his thing. This is what he does. He's like 80 years old, and he pretty much – and I love what uh, what he said about this is that and – and I heard – I think it was from Bile that we heard about this, but basically he thinks – Julian uh, Heichlin thinks that people who are elderly should be doing more of this kind of stuff. That they should be – that elderly people should be out there doing activism and putting their butts on the line for freedom because they don't really have as much to lose anymore. They've made their money. They're, uh, they're doing well uh, for themselves. They've got plenty of disposable uh, time and, and income, many of them. And so – and A lot and they, of them are going to end up in nursing homes uh, run by the government anyway that aren't really that much more, better than the prisons that are well, run for the government. Fight, fight why you can. Well, yeah. Well, and, and so it's an ideal time where a lot of people uh, – the reason why they can't get active is why well, I'm too busy with my job or I'm too busy with my family. Well, you're done with your family. You've raised your kids. They moved on. They moved up. You're done with your job. You're retired. Uh, and, and you've got some money that you're living on. You've got plenty of free time. It's a great time for people to do activism rather than just sit back, uh, flip on the TV set or work out in their garden. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with working in, the, in your garden. It's just that you could make a difference for the upcoming generations if you got out there and did something. Plus, when elderly people like Julian uh, get out and, and get active, and by the way, he seems pretty spry for an 80-year-old man from what I can tell. But uh, when they get out and they do activism... What are the cops going to do? No, yeah, no one's screaming at an eighty-year-old man calling him the devil, right? <laughs> you know, what it's, are it's the cops crazies? Well, right, that's what we were called uh, the other day when we were out and about. But what are the cops going to do if if they've got an elderly sit-in? You know, yeah. you're going to have a tough. You're going. It's it's one thing to get away with manhandling a twenty-year-old, and it's another thing to get to uh, to try to get away with manhandling an eighty-year-old. So the the whole game would change if there were just a, even a small cadre of uh, of older people who are getting out there and getting active and doing things like non-cooperation and civil disobedience. Let's go back to Bile. He's back with us on our other lines. Bile, you're back on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, so Julian was arrested on the 25th, handed over to Bellevue, had a psych exam, was there overnight, uh, handed over to the NYPD, who knew that he had had a bench warrant out for his arrest from a 
some activism that he had done or protests that he had done where he was arrested back in 2007. He had a disorderly charge and a uh, resisting arrest, and he had done the same thing that he always does, which is go face down on the ground and, and go limp. So that, that was his resisting arrest. From 2007. Um, well, that's how they that's how they charge yeah. it. I mean, it's it's not an uncommon for them to do that. Yeah. Well, anytime you don't help them, you're resisting. Apparently, yeah. So and, um, they held him for in jail for two weeks, basically. Yeah. So from he was there, uh, I think they they brought him. So he on the the he was arrested on the 25th. He went into custody on the 26th. They had an arraignment, and he decided to not speak to. Uh, you know, take advantage of his Fifth Amendment protected rights. Uh, oh, they got rid of that tell one. Them that he, was, <laughs> he, he didn't tell them that he was doing that. And so they just postponed his arraignment to the 8th of June. And on the 8th of June, he went into court, and I, I haven't talked to him uh, in person yet, so I haven't gotten all the details. Mm-hmm. But apparently they dropped the charges against him, and he was released about 6 p.m. Pretty sweet. So, uh, I mean, sweet for the government. They get to kidnap somebody, hold them for weeks, and then just, well, we're going to drop the charges. See you later. And, and the efficiency. I mean, uh, 2007, this is over, and uh, <laughs> now it's all this work, and yeah, see you later. <laughs> so, yeah. now Julie, Julian uh, Heiklin has been going around the country, and he still plans on doing this. I mean, this hasn't scared him away. He's been arrested multiple times, uh, facing federal charges, and he's still going out there, right, Bile? Uh, he's planning on doing it on Monday at the same place. Wow, that is amazing. And will you be there to film him like usual? Uh, unfortunately not, because oh. I have court that day. Unless I can get, unless court gets done very early and I can run into the city, uh, unfortunately no. But uh, I think James or Jim Babs from Pennsylvania said he's going to try to get there. Now, the last time you were filming uh, Julian, you were arrested. Uh, well, not the last time, but oh. yes, uh, at one time. Okay, so you um, have so you have successfully filmed him since then at that courthouse and not been arrested. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. That's uh, but right. I, I was standing on uh, city property at the time, and I was still threatened with arrest, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't arrested. I don't know if they actually had jurisdiction or if they were just trying to scare me. Now it was uh, Julian uh, has been, as I mentioned, going around from court to court. Uh, Philadelphia was one of the places where he went, and uh, it was uh, I guess it was Allentown where uh, George Donnelly, one of his supporters and activists and uh, liberty activists, somebody who intended to move to New Hampshire, was arrested and kidnapped by the feds. Is now on a house arrest order uh, while he's awaiting uh, waiting trial. Do you are you following the George Donnelly case over at blogofbile.com? Uh, yeah, to the extent when uh, large news happens, I mean minor things, I have been updating. Now, Bile, you and Julian are both coming up, I, th- I believe, for the uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Is that right? Yep. All right, so people will be able to actually meet with Julian uh, Heiklin. He's going to be at the Pork Fest, so you you'll get to talk with this. Uh, is, is, is he seventy nine? <laughs> 78. 78-year-old super activist. He's going to be there. In fact, he's doing a Concord Federal Courthouse outreach on the 23rd, so the day before Porkfest starts. More coming up. It's What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keen. 
Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Adam. And Mark. Adam is joining us from copblock.org. You can go there to uh, – give me, give me the, our listeners that are just tuning in the short pitch about copblock. Copblock, uh we highlight police uh, police brutality and uh, try to be a uh, pro accountability police website. Double standard. Uh, we try to do uh, multiple things on holding cops accountable, you know, and techniques. And how long has it been around? When did uh, Cop Block launch? Uh, February, so it's been three, four months, and uh, we seem to be doing fairly well. So there's copblock dot uh, org. You can go there, check out uh, some of our other social network sites, and uh, our join us page, which is uh, tips and ways to be active with us. So. So now one of the things that uh, has been going on right now or that has recently been going on at Cop Block is you've had the uh, the video contest. You're getting ready to post some of the video entries of people interacting, uh, catching cops being naughty, basically, doing doing things. Well, not ca- necessarily naughty. No? Uh, like the, the contest was very loosely uh, put together. I mean, uh, loosely being there's not a lot of rules. Uh, I really wanted people to be creative and go out and uh, – Part part of the thing with me and uh, I filmed police only when it needed to be done, and that made it the, my first few videos. If you've uh, seen the Motorhome Diaries video with us in Las Vegas, um, so it didn't turn out very well. It, it, you know, you're not really prepared, and, and this was a situation where you kind of wanted to film and make a point, but you know, it's nerve wracking. And um, so with the contest, I kind of wanted just people to film daily activities. Uh, if you go uh, to Coplock and uh, Coplock.org/Ohio. Um, is a stop that Pete Aaron and I did uh, back in Ohio, obviously, and we didn't know this gentleman, and we just pulled over, filmed the stop, and real quickly, the officer let this man go, which I assume was just a traffic violation, speeding something, uh, a nonviolent, non-victim crime, and quickly approaches us. And uh, so, you know, it's a way just to get out there and, and get some experience, and they necessarily didn't have to catch a cop beating someone's so, head So in. it's really just for the experience of getting in front of the police and obviously recording them. Sure, that was the intention. Right, giving an incentive and saying, hey, this is all right, go out there and uh, give it a shot. Accountability, and I think that that's, uh, you know, that's the obligation of the, citi- of the citizenry, supposedly, of a free country. If you listen to the sort of the, the founding fathers' rhetoric, if there had been digital video cameras at the time, the founding fathers would have said, hey, yes. Uh, that the government should be video uh, videoed, mm-hmm. but it's a scary thing. I mean, even just going up to a cop, stopping somebody on the street, and uh, and recording can be intimidating. I think, by the way, on one hand, from having done these things a number of times myself, the most important thing you can do is to ask the victim of the police if they want to be recorded in the first place. Because a lot Sometimes of people you can't get that close, but yeah. Oh, I'll walk right. You know, I'll I'll walk right up to the scene and I'll ask them. Um, but yeah, if you're far enough away to where they can't be identified, then it won't matter. But if you're getting in close. 
uh, to where you can identify who the victims are, then it's important to ask them if that's what they want because some of them don't want that. They're concerned for their privacy or they think it's going to make it worse for them with the right. cop. And whether they're wrong or right about their beliefs is a non-issue. I always just leave the people alone that want to be left alone. And if the cops abuse them while I'm gone, well, you know, they had their chance. Um, and so that's one of the things that, uh, that I always do. But it's a nerve-wracking, as you mentioned, nerve-wracking experience for people that are new to recording the police uh, especially if they don't have other activists in the area like we have here in New Hampshire to back them up if something were to happen. I can understand that, you know, if you're in Chicago or you're in you know, even a small City, town, right. even a small town police force can be very corrupt. So if you're if you're somewhere else and you're all alone, it, it could be a pretty uh, scary, intimidating experience to just pull out a video camera and record the cops, even if they aren't doing anything overt, overtly uh, unusual, like beating on somebody. Sure. So sure. maybe that's one of the reasons why you've only had four, uh, five uh, five submissions to this contest, simply because people are just. You know, I mean, $250 isn't a shabby prize uh, for something that doesn't require a whole lot of effort. It's just the the effort of getting over the fear of recording the police that maybe you're going up against here. Exactly. And that's what I said. You know, before you actually need it, where, you know, your hands might be shaky, you might not know the things, because uh, cops are really tricky. They like to phrase things um, to be like, oh, will you, will you turn that camera off, which isn't an order. They're only merely I'm gonna asking I'm going to have to you. ask you to turn that camera off Exactly, now. <laughs> right. And so in these things, you can get used to saying, well, sir, am I legally required to do so? You know, uh, like, there's another thing we do at coplock.org is we just try to show people techniques. We have a, a group of seven, and all of us have our, our own niche, and, you know, we, we try to give them, you know, here here's what people out there are doing, and pick and choose from your own and make your own. Yeah, way, I wouldn't I, ask a cop if I was legally uh, obligated to turn off a camera. I think you're, you're probably better yes. off with saying, look, you have no expectation of privacy. You're a public servant on public property doing the public's business. I'm the public. I'm recording. Yep, absolutely. Just but you're basically putting them on notice, not on asking the clock, them. On the record. Exactly. Please go about your business, sir. By the way, I need to email quick uh, the folks over at QIK.com because they released a brand new version of uh, their quick software for the Android phone. And they've really, I think, crippled it to a, to an extent by, I mean, not not significantly, but they've, they've done something damaging by putting a little intro menu up. So when you launch the program, you now have to press another time to get to the to the recording option. Uh, they, they give you a little menu now when you launch the program instead of what it used to be where you hit the quick button and you're immediately on your video camera. Then it was just one button to hit the record button. Now you've got to press quick, you've got to press video, then you've got to press record. So they've actually made it more difficult uh, to get to the recording function in there. Software. Right. I want the uh, I want the, the the video camera that you can you know one button and you're streaming immediately to the internet. That's uh, that's what I'm looking. That's for. That's one of the things when I got my camera is how fast and uh, it turned on and off each time. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, seconds count when you need them. They sure do. Let's go to your phone calls here. Uh, Dave is listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey guys, uh, I had a, uh, a thought that I guess is sort of vaguely related to the the the, the, the Julian Heiklin story. Um, he, you know, he's, he's an activist that's been uh, distributing fully informed jury literature, and I think what he's doing is going to the root of the problem. So there's basically sort of three different, like three different weak links in the government chain. I think one would be Pfizer, um, another would be the fact. Well, I don't know if weak link, link may not be the, the right word, but root is the right word. Uh, the, 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 the misuse of juries is a root of the evil. The, the Federal Reserve is a root of the evil, and the government schools are a root of the evil. And um, I think that you guys have got it right, or I guess more more Sam Dodson and whoever else has been standing out at the middle schools, they've got it right in the sense that they are going after the root of the problem, but I'm not sure that the middle school is the best target. And I, it, it's occurred to me that there might be a better way to, to do it. 
what to, way? to do what? To reach out to people? Well, I, I mean, uh, you get uh, you guys, I guess, have been standing in front of middle school, uh, the middle school at Keene with a sign that says school sucks. What is it? School sucks. Podcast dot com. Well, Project dot com. Yeah. yeah. And Adam's been out there with us uh, for the last week. He's come out a number of times and it's school sucks. Project dot com. Uh, it has been on the signs. But today we came out with a different sign. It was Meg uh, from ObscuredTruth.com. She made up a different sign. And what did her say? Well, it said ed- education, education rocks, and then it said uh, SchoolSucksProject.com. Yeah, so the, so we've changed the uh, the tone of the signs. We uh, we had uh, taken some contributed signs by one of our local uh, artists, and uh, he's kind of got a, a more negative uh, view than uh, than Meg does. And so Meg came up with a much more, I think, appealing sign that makes it pretty clear, I think, that we're not against education, uh, that we are against uh, the government schools, but not against education. And so so the the, the message I think that we've been uh, relaying has changed as of today. Sure, and and I think too some of maybe the other the people that would need uh, um, help on their methods, I think, uh, though ours are, are definitely tweaking, would be some of the parents. I mean, they don't uh, respond or act uh, cordially or with respect at all. I mean, we've, we've been called oh, the there's devil. there's a lot of anger. Yeah, and uh, the, even their children um, yelling from the windows and stuff. I mean, uh, maybe a different approach on their aspect would also be well. We had one lady come up to us today uh, real friendly and asked us what was going on, and we shared our information, and I think it, it all went well overall. I think, yeah, that conversation did go well. A local business owner approached us, and uh, she shared with us that she didn't think that we were going about it the, the right way either. But I don't know of a better way to reach uh, dozens and dozens of middle sure. school-age kids. And I think she, she was uh, misinformed about how we were going about it as well. Uh, what was your other— Well, she thought that we were putting the kids in danger somehow, and that you know this clearly is not, uh, is not the case. So we, sure. we tried, did our best to address her objections. But what would you suggest, Dave? I, I do think there is a better way, and I wouldn't suggest changing what you're doing necessarily because now you've been attacked, and you start changing your response, you're 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 giving into an attack. Well, but, I don't think that's necessarily I, true. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with changing your approach if you've modified. If you think that you can have a better approach, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, admitting that maybe the first approach wasn't that great, and that uh, your second approach might be a little bit better. It would seem to me like the best thing to do would be to figure out some way to provide some kind of a service that, that doesn't involve getting, you know, it doesn't, it's not in anybody's face, but it gets to use if they want to. Uh, and I thought, I thought the best idea would be some kind of radio signal that goes into a school. Well, let's talk about that when you come. Can you hang on, Dave? We can bring you back here in a moment. Yeah. All right, more with Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. We'll talk tactics here in a little bit. Uh, activism tactics, you can bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. How would you reach out to people? MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Uh, We give ours away, including the webcam 
It's one of our many features that allows you to watch and listen. Adam is waving right now to the folks on the cam uh, because people you watch, listen, and interact. You can actually uh, chat with other listeners while you're uh, enjoying the program. And that's because we built the chat onto the same page as the cam. So just go to cam.freetalklive.com and you can do it all. That's cam.freetalklive.com. The webcam is brought to you by memorydealers.com. Yeah, Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with uh, all the major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also have over there uh, you know, hardware, memory, those kinds of things. Go check them out at memorydealers.com. All their stuff's in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, memorydealers.com. So we've been talking about recording uh, the police, and Dave Ridley, who is an expert at recording the police uh, from RidleyReport.com, has called in tonight, not necessarily to talk about that uh, that issue, though your thoughts are always welcome on such matters, Dave. Uh, you're, you're calling specifically to talk about outreach techniques. Now, uh, we're up here in New Hampshire. We moved here. All of us uh, who are here are here as part of the Free State Project, made the move to New Hampshire from various parts around the country. Mark and myself from Florida. Dave, where did you come from? California? Did we lose Dave Ridley? Dave Ridley going once? Dave Ridley? Can you, can you hear me? Hello? Hey, yeah, we've got uh, you. Did you come from uh, California, was it? I don't know. We seem to be having some technical difficulties. Maybe. Can you uh, hear me now? We've got you, Dave. Okay, good. Okay. I, I, um, no, I, I, uh, I moved from Texas, but Texas. I'm sort of from Colorado. Okay, got it. So, uh, And then uh, Adam is here from uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yes. So people have come from around the country, and others are coming from around the world in order to converge on New Hampshire and, and get active for liberty. And part of, of being active it's, uh, it includes doing things beyond just uh, politics. Now, you can be active in whatever way works best for you. If being active uh, for you means doing web design for freedom organizations, that's cool. Uh, if it means doing just politics, that's cool. But there are other ways to do activism is what I'm trying to say besides the typical th- uh, role of, of playing in the political system. You can do outreach. You can do media creation. We're doing media, which is obviously a de- by default a form of outreach uh, because we're promoting the show and getting into new ears and everything. But a more uh, basic version of outreach is to put yourself physically in a location and uh, and 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 give information to people when they're in, in you know physical proximity to you. And that's what we've been doing at the local middle and high schools here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, for the last the middle school not as long. We started with the high school and then expanded to the middle school, but we've been doing it at the high school throughout most of 2010. Middle school for the last several weeks. And uh, we've been standing out with signs, uh, say, freekeen.com, which is the site that I blog at. Uh, And recently we'd added in School Sucks podcast signs. And that has gotten a very different response than just the free Keen banners because, well, it's it's it seems like it's an attack on the, sure. the government people, schools. People think we're telling the kids that school sucks and that they should quit school. Well, they think that they we're telling them that learning sucks when, in fact, what we're telling them is that government school is not nearly what it could be. Right. So that actually, uh, Meg brought out a sign today that actually made that, I think, point a lot better, uh, pointing out that education rules, but school sucks. And Dave, you said you've got some suggestions. You still don't think we're doing it right. So uh, what, what do you think that, uh, that we should do different? Well, uh, the, the idea I have had for a while that I, I think would work best was probably to be to broadcast some kind of radio signal into probably a high school is probably better than a middle school. Uh, and I'm not necessarily... Not necessarily, it wouldn't have to be keen. It could be anywhere. But I'm, there, have, there are those half-watt transmitters you can get that you're always talking about that send a signal a short distance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people can, you know, and then in the school they can they can either hear it on their car radios or whatever radios they might be carrying around. Um, I know you think that that I guess the the, the radios the receivers might not be there. Um, in which case you could just hand out one or two receivers, and and that would become an you know that would become a source of interest too. But I think broadcasting a radio signal into one of these buildings is probably better than standing up there with a the sign. You know, I think that's an it's an interesting idea, and as a radio kind of a radio geek, I certainly am naturally attracted to uh, something like that. The only th- the only things uh, here are my objections uh, upon having heard that, and I've heard it, we've talked about this before. Uh, my objections would be that a radio just isn't as popular with the youngest set of Americans. It would be if it was subversive material. I agree with you. If there was, if they knew there was something there that they could that they could go and listen to, then they might go and see. They would likely go and seek it out. But then you would have to promote the radio station. So you'd have to somehow alert them to the existence of the radio station, which would likely require you standing physically somewhere and uh, and and showing them because it's not too likely. I mean, there are probably some people that would do it. Maybe the word would get her out get out on its own. But uh, there may not be that many thirteen-year-olds uh, that are actively scanning the band, look, listening for new radio stations when they know that they've got their iPods and and, and some iPods and things like that have uh, FM tuners in them. But uh, when they know they've got their own collection of music that right there on their uh, their iPods, how often does the average fourteen-year-old change from their music collection over to the uh, the local radio band. I mean, I understand that... Uh, it happens. Uh, the, the numbers are surprisingly high. This how is many, true. How uh, many young people do use the radio in a week. I'm not saying they use it like 14-year-olds did two decades no. ago. Right, but... but- but what about they in do. school? I mean, uh, while, while, while school's going on, you think teachers have a radio on or... or you put it on a loop. Uh, whatever you're you, sure, you, sure, you, and you wouldn't try to play music to these kids because you're always going to get it wrong. I mean, here I am playing uh, Bob's Polka favorites to uh, 14 year olds. It's just not going to fly. You you would uh, speak the message to them, and then you know it, they 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 would well, either talk to their friends or not. Well, uh, one, one thing I think that you could do to promote that, and I've already done this myself, and I've already built a flyer, and I've already put it up, and I've watched it in action. I've seen how teenagers react to it. If you have a good flyer and you've got it on telephone poles near school, it will stop them like a like a uh, like what's the right word? It will stop them like a wall. Well, what is it that you object to about the more direct approach? I mean, today we went out and we stood uh, outside one of the doors. Normally, we'd split up, we'd split our, our group up, and uh, one you know a couple people would stand outside of one side of the building, a couple people would stand outside of the other side. Today, we brought about uh, four folks over on the side of uh, one side of the building. So we concentrated our efforts on one side, and we were able to hand out uh, flyers with websites on them, uh, these warning flyers that are kind of uh, essentially reverse psychology. They, they say, look, kids, don't go to these websites. They're dangerous. And then they list all of our websites. And uh, so we were standing there, and Adam, you covered one side, I covered the other. So the way these kids were coming out the door, they had to turn either right or left, and they had to go past one of us holding out these flyers to them. What would you say? Forty percent took them today. Oh, yeah, at least, and more so. You have little spurts, but once one one kid took them, uh, it seems three, four, three, more four others, right yeah. afterwards. So, I mean, we had a real good result. Uh, we had really great results today by just standing there physically and handing them this information, rather than putting it on the radio and hoping they find it, or putting up a, a poster somewhere and hoping that they see it and that the word spreads. So, what is what's wrong in your idea, yeah. your your idea with that with what we did? Well, again, I'm not, I'm not advocating that the sign-waving stop. It, now I that see. it's been attacked, it probably has to continue. Uh, personally, I think the high school is a better location, and I think um, 
you know, flyers can be better than standing there. But now, 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 now that's late now 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 you're stuck with standing because you, you, you started standing well i like the personal work. outreach personally i, I like over the, though you know, I mean, school's gonna be over tomorrow. tomorrow hey dave thanks for the call i appreciate it uh you can bring up whatever you want and this is one of the things in this movement we don't all agree we uh, talk about different ways to do things and we try them all out more coming up this is free talk live notorious space pirate phoebus crumb had retired to a frontier world only to see it destroyed by raiders now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there, including the archives, the Shrine of Female listeners, our news updates. We give it all away. One of the uh, major features of the site actually allows you to influence the stuff we'll talk about on these very airwaves by submitting different show prep suggestions to our site uh the way you do it is you submit the link that you think is neat and whether it's a video or or audio or blog post or news item you submit it to the site the site checks its database to make sure that's not already there because somebody else might have already seen it and said oh this is great i gotta put it up on freetalklive.com if it's already in there you'll be it'll be brought up you'll be able to see it you can vote on it then you don't even have to submit it then but if it's not there it'll create a new entry on our page automatically give it one vote and then everybody else gets to go and look at it, and they can vote on whether they like it or dislike it. And the most liked stories and most liked items will make it to the, the front page and the top of our website, meaning we're more likely to see it and talk about it on the air. In fact, the, the second story on our site, the second most popular story right now, we talked about already tonight. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. And also, if you're looking for gold and silver, Mark, what can you do? You can go to gold or silver.freetalklive.com. They both take you to the same place. But, you know, so many people are trying to get gold for situations where the the, the currency goes super uh, hyper in, uh, hyperinflation or whether it, uh, they need it for a barter currency or something like that, uh, hedge against inflation investment. Well, I tried to make it easy for everybody by teaming up with Midas Resources, our syndicate here, and offering several gold and silver pieces that I picked out that I believe to be good choices for people who just want to get in their hands the metal, not for collecting purposes or anything like that. Go to gold.freetalklive.com, and um, many of the pieces there, they're the best rates you're going to get on the Internet. Um, when you're looking at the uh, Lakota Nation silver rounds, uh, Midas has the, the best rates. And uh, check the British sovereigns and 20 francs against the other companies out there that are selling gold and silver, and I think you'll find out that those rates are really great. Plus, you're supporting Free Talk Live and uh, our syndicate. That's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so we've been talking about outreach and getting the message of freedom into people's minds, in this case, specifically young people, uh, people in their, their early teens or mid or late teens, I think are some of the most ripe uh, individuals for the message of freedom that you can possibly find because they just haven't had a whole lifetime of indoctrination. Uh, they're in the indoctrination camps right now, 
And so what better time to reach out to these folks and give them the ideas of freedom, something else to, to consider while they're being fed the, the statist line from their teachers and from the, you know, the, the authoritarian state. I think it's interesting in the articles that have been written about the, the protests that have gone on the last couple of days um, here in the Keene Sentinel is that the, uh, the teachers are trying not to even address these. Look, we have, our, we have our formulas. We must stick to the lesson plan. The students may not talk about these First Amendment issues. We talked about the First Amendment in the first quarter of this year. Like they, they, just, they, they don't even want to deal with it, and, and they're so scared of deviating from their lesson plan. I mean, what, what does that say about school? Something's going on in the students' lives, and they don't want to discuss it. Exactly. That's what I was saying is uh, someone, I don't know if it's the parents or the teachers or, or who, but uh, is, is putting some things in these, these children's heads that don't talk to them. They All, all they want is you know, to tell you that school sucks and that you should drop out and so on and such. But uh, a video I shot on one of the first days I showed up with uh, Ian's conversation with a, a, I don't know, a 10 or 11 year old child. And uh, he was very inquisitive, you know, asking questions, waiting for the answers, uh, way more uh, constructive conversation than I've had with some other people who've already made up their minds about it. Sure, the kids don't come with all the preconceived notions that uh, adults do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say the, the older you are, the less likely you are to look at, to be able to, to be able to see the answer if it's sitting in front of your face. Sure. Some of these parents will, or, or teachers will uh, shuttle these kids along. One will stop to ask a question. And- well, they yelled, one of the teachers yelled at a couple of young ladies that were walking toward us today. Now, I don't think they were actually even coming to talk to us. I think they were just walk. They were outside when we arrived. I think it was before you, were, uh, you showed up. I don't know if you were there for it. Hmm. But uh, Sean and I, one of the other activists, were standing out front just kind of waiting for you guys to show up. And some kids were outside on some sort of class project. They were outside doing something uh, before the end of the school day. And they were all walking back toward the front door of the school. And two of the girls started heading toward the street. And they were clearly going to walk toward us and walk that direction. And the teacher yelled at them, demanded that they come back over. Now, maybe that would have happened had we not been standing there. But it certainly had that you're getting too close to them kind of uh, feel to it. My God, you're in danger. Yeah. You're in danger. Get away from them, free staters. So the, the, some of these people... And that's the other thing about these articles that I really hate that they're doing, is they're calling the people out in front of these the school free staters. And they have... Well, it's a true no, statement. There no con, there's no connection to the Free State Project but we are other free than they have signed. They are people who are connected with Free Keen. They are actively engaged with they the activities that well. are... Go, they do, but they should be... That's the group. They are hey, not free state. They never used to mention free keen until this year. They've started mentioning yeah, free keen step, now. But so I just I, it, I find it annoying. But, they, but we are free staters, so it's not an inaccurate thing to say. It, it is an it is inaccurate. Why no, didn't they not. call you I'm Mastercard holders? It, it would be inaccurate if they if they attacked the free state project. If they said that we spoke or were, our actions are on behalf of that organization. But they're practically they are saying that they're well, saying that, that. they're, they they're that, essentially yeah. saying that they're they're skirting it the whole time. Free state, free state, free state. When it really it's free keen. So one of the ideas um, that Dave had a few moments ago, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com, and I have a lot of respect. I love a lot of respect for Dave, but you know, activists don't agree on everything. So he's suggesting some of the things he think would make this this outreach better, and I don't know if it really would. Uh, the idea of putting a radio station together, man, I'm all in favor of that. I I've created a, a radio network, uh, LRN.FM, to encourage people to put their own pirate uh, slash community slash Part 15 transmitters uh, on the air to get the message of freedom out there. And it's hard enough to encourage people to to come on board with that. Uh, it's it's the the idea that you could easily find somebody who's going to host a, a even a five watt transmitter. 
nearby a middle school in order to get the uh, the radio signal into the middle school so the young people could hopefully find it and hear it is pretty unlikely because it's difficult enough to just find someone somewhere, regardless of where, someone anywhere to run a pirate radio transmitter and then to specifically find someone who happens to live close enough to the physical property that you're looking to cover with a broadcast, in this case a middle school, is even more unlikely. Not to mention, at some point, you're going to have to do the outreach similar to what we're doing there already to get them onto that to station. To promote the station, yeah. yeah. So there's there's no way in my mind to avoid, and I don't want to avoid... I don't think you need the, to get it into the school. I think that getting it... The that's kids what his suggestion right, was. Well, I... Then, then I believe that you don't need to get it into the school. I think what you need to do is you need to broadcast it throughout the town. The I agree kids with find that. the subversive material um, that the word will spread. The word will spread. Yeah, I agree with. I agree with that. If you're going to do pirate radio, and this really what what I wanted to point out was, if you're going to do pirate radio, then you might as well do it right. You know, put up uh, put up a transmitter, get as many watts as you can afford, and uh, you know, put it put it on the air to cover with the intention of covering adults and kids, not just some sort of message directed at kids, but a general liberty message that anybody can listen to and and learn from. That's uh, again the intention behind me creating the Liberty Radio Network. Besides to expose people to some of the other great Liberty shows out there. We've got a dozen or so uh, Liberty-oriented shows that are different from Free Talk Live, and some people aren't going to like Free Talk Live, but they might like Stefan Molyneux, or they might like Wheels Off Liberty, or something like that, and so that's one of the other reasons for it. But the, one of the, other, the, the partial, the other secondary reason was to give a uh, one-size, a plug-and-play kind of pirate radio signal that people can use without having to go through the process of Figuring out their own programming or coming up with their own shows or having to you know, deal with automation issues. You just tune into the stream, put it on the air, and you've got your own radio station. Community radio. Community radio, if you want to call it that. Uh, so let's go to Sam in New Hampshire on the amp lines. Hello, Sam. Hey, guys. How are you all? Hey, it's uh, Obscured Truth Sam from ObscuredTruth.com. Yep. And uh, Meg's here, too, as well. Hi, guys. Oh, hey. Hey, how's it going? So what's so, on your mind? Uh, over the last couple uh, school protests or uh, outreach events... <laughs> we uh, had a couple incidents that I wanted to uh, bring up and just kind of point out the mindset. I think that's pretty pervasive in the community or some of the people who really want to speak out and don't uh, understand what we're doing. Okay, sure. And uh, the first one is back on Tuesday, after uh, most of the kids were gone, I kind of walked back and forth in front of the school to just see if anybody wants to engage in conversation or anything or ask questions. And when I got to the end, there's a lady in her car who just kind of starts honking her horn, and I'm talking with the uh, bullhorn. And then she just, as I start talking through the bullhorn about her, she just lays on the horn and leaves it there. For <laughs> she was attempting seconds. to obscure the truth. Hang on, Sam. We'll bring you back here uh, in a moment. Uh, Sam and Meg with us from ObscuredTruth.com. Uh, activism techniques. You're welcome to suggest your own. It's Free Talk Live. Take control. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. 
And Adam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com to get a whole bunch of different things that you can do uh, to get Free Talk Live to more eyes and ears. Flyers are there for you to d- uh, download and print out. Or uh, you can call your local uh, radio stations and ask them to carry Free Talk Live. Or there's banners that you can take and uh, put up on your favorite website. You can do all that stuff and more at promote.freetalklive.com. We appreciate it. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided with the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. All right, we're back with Sam from the Obscure Truth Network and Meg uh, from ObscureTruth.com, both on the line with us here to talk about some of the outreach that's been going on that has been very controversial. Uh, People, uh, we, um, Adam, myself, Sam, and Meg, not you, Mark, uh, we've been out in front of the the local middle school and high school handing out information, holding signs, and getting the ideas of liberty, hopefully, into the minds of some of the young people there. We took some critique uh, for, from one of the other activists on that. I think that the uh, the physical presence of, of activists doing outreach to people, young people in this case, is so incredibly important. It's one thing to have disembodied voices on a radio station talking about freedom. It's another thing to actually see that there are real people who are behind this and that they're friendly and they're non-threatening. And uh, I think there's I think there's real value in what we're doing. Your thoughts? Sam? My th- oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Meg's drawing dirty pictures <laughs> while we're sitting here on the radio. I apologize. Um, yeah, you know, it's... it's, um, it's Causing them to step out of the uh, the box in their thinking, they're, we're challenging challenging that their kids in a way that treats them like adults and and lets them sort of make decisions for themselves. Uh, and it's almost like they think their kids need to get permission to do that, as though it's going to happen that way in the real world when the teachers and parents aren't around. I think that when you when you get the vitriol, it's evidence of that. It's evidence that the parents that are angry, that are laying on their horns, as you were talking about before, they're yelling uh, to try to to over overcome you, to standing in your way of your signs, as you're going to tell us about here in a moment. Uh, the silly these silly juvenile tactics on the part of the parents uh, really, I think, shows that there's something threatening to their belief systems that we're doing that they want to they want very much for their kids to avoid these messages because they know there's there's something about them that well, is they believe dangerous to their that the education system is the best way to educate their kids and that's probably a result of the fact that they came through the education system sure. themselves they what they don't understand is is that it has gotten more bureaucratic and now it's to the point that even the good teachers can't teach what they want to teach in their classes anymore they've almost made it impossible Possible for a teacher to step outside of doing exactly what they what they hand down. I think these reactions from some of the parents and teachers might actually even help some of the students. I mean, if that were me when I was in middle school, I would have been doing exactly what the parents and teachers didn't want me to. So that might even actually right. benefit us. Yeah. Why is that lady laying on her horn? What are these sure. guys saying that they don't want us to hear? That kind of thing. So what else do you all want to share tonight? Yeah, well, I think the thing that it points out most is that uh, this is the way the school system, the society, teaches people to solve problems. Is you know, we had the, I had the guy standing in front of me blocking the sign. That was his answer: was to not let people see the message. This lady was to not let people hear the message, and that's what I was talking to the uh, teachers about. Well, yeah, the sign blocking happened the- today, right, Meg? 
Yeah, one of the teachers today, it was, I, I don't know if she was a teacher or a faculty member, but I remember she came out and, like, before she came out, one of the students walked by and, you know, gave one of the get a job, you guys, type, you know, comments that we get from a lot of the students. But when she walked out, she gave the same comment and the same inflection. It was just like parroting the students. And I expected the teachers, if they were going to, you know, say degrading comments towards us, they would at least have a slightly more intelligent view than their students. And it was so sad. And then she comes up to you and told you to move because you were blocking the way and proceeds to stand in the exact spot where you were standing. And it's, you know, so hypocritical. And you just hear these children repeating what these adults say, and you wonder where it's coming from. And then you see the adults say it, and you're just Yep. Wow, you know. Well, she actually stood in front of you. You were holding uh, the freekeen.com banner and yeah, she and another uh, she, she and another bureaucrat stood in front of the banner. So you guys of course just raised it up above their heads. Yeah, we just raised it above their heads cuz <laughs> right. it's not that hard. So, and, and, and doing uh, such it just brings up, attention to you guys as well when they stand in front of you it yep. just says here you are. Oh yeah. Right. So when I was up walking through the uh, school buses, I kind of got to the end and didn't want to go all the way around. So I walked between, they were lining both sides of the street, um, and I parked pretty closely together. So I squeezed through the last pair, and as I was walking across the street, you know, I stopped, looked both ways, because it's kind of a narrow street at that point. And uh, as I get to the other side, the bus driver starts holding, starts honking his horn and holds it down as I walk in front of the bus, and he's shouting at me and, and pointing and doing something else. Uh, so when I get around, he actually opens up the door to yell at me and tells me, you can't cross between the buses. That's dangerous. And uh, I, I'm like, the bus is parked and your engine's not even on. What are you talking about? Uh, but I think that... <laughs> That's I what he's used to telling the kids. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's what they tell the kids is you have to cross at the corner, kids, and you have to do it this way. Not, we have rules, here's, Sam. Here's, here's, yeah. But what they should be teaching them is here's how you think for yourself. Doing mm-hmm. this is dangerous because the bus could, you know, move or something. It could start up and go while you're going in between it, or there could be traffic. Or it's dangerous because I said so. Think. Do what I say. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. so I think it went pretty well, and I think it's gone well. And we're going out one more time. We're going to do the very last day of tomorrow's the last day well, of their that's school year. Pointless. Uh, you, now think about your last day. It's of not school. pointless. We handed out a bunch of flyers think about today. Your last These day kids of might need something to do over the and summer. And we, we're going to hand <laughs> out. A, go ahead. We used to have shaving cream fights on the last day of school in uh, middle school in Texas. I think we ought to see if we can get something like that going. I was just going to say that that's a a great idea. I still think we should get the paper banner that the kids run through at the end when they get out of school to bust through free keen banners. That would be awesome. I love it. It's funny. Uh, so, all right. Anything else that we need to cover about these? Oh, oh, yeah. So the lady that came out that was really angry today, she was yelling. Uh, she says, uh, get a job. And so I uh, snapped back. I'm a, I own my own business. And all she had to say to that in response was, get a job. She didn't even, she had no idea what she could say. I, I think she said something. She uttered something else, but I couldn't make it out. Did either of you hear what she, she said? I didn't hear it. I didn't know. Yeah, so really, she didn't even have anything to, oh, oh my God, he actually works? You know, what do I say now? Uh, my one insult is uh, is expended, and I, I don't know where else to go. Where do these people think that the, the people without, uh, I mean, what? No job? How do people live without a job? Welfare. I mean, nobody well, has I welfare? Had one of the, 
Sure they do. I had one of the not, kids not walk nice. up to me and while I was using the megaphone, warning people of the dangers of people using megaphones and talking about how they should be made illegal and destroyed and the people who use them should be put in jail. Uh, he comes up and goes, wait a minute, I got a question for you. And I said, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. And he goes, uh, you think megaphones should be banned? Like, absolutely. <laughs> they are dangerous. And you're using a megaphone to tell people that they should be banned? Well, yeah. What What do you mean? He's like, uh, okay, thanks. And then he walked away. <laughs> you should have handed him a piece of paper and said, don't go to these websites, kid. Yep. Uh, yeah, that would have been the. Well, we'll the, be doing that tomorrow. The, uh, yeah. maker. We're moving. The, we're moving the uh, the outreach to a different door on the school. We're going to concentrate our activism there uh, tomorrow and give them uh, a final summer goodbye. And we're going to return uh, the next year. We'll give them some free CDs and stuff like that. We're putting together an introduction to liberty kind of uh, CD ROM that people could listen. They can pop into their uh, their audio CD player and it, it'll play as an audio CD. It'll be an episode of School Sucks podcast. And if you put the CD in your uh, CD drive or your DVD drive on your computer, it'll come up with some videos and some other things like that, like a John Stossel video oh, and really? stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, this is a, a big project, and it's going to continue on, much to the chagrin of uh, of some of the angry parents. Outrage. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that they try and pull something like they did with the jail and make it private property where there's well, or no access to students. Next year, they're expected to move to a new school, and it'll probably be more like the, the high school than where we're forced to stay out on the side walk out in front of the school so we won't have access to the mm-hmm. bus riding ki- bus riding kids i would imagine as of uh, next year unless we're ready to do another uh, multi-person trespass and uh, we we had 12 people arrested for trespassing at the jail this year we'll see what happens with those cases and then uh, and i guess go from there thanks for calling in tonight guys uh, always appreciate uh, the time and the the, the conversation and the, the physical uh, presence being there with the signs and the outreach in front of the school has what's been resulted in a lot of com- uh, conversation and controversy and newspaper uh, stories there have been two newspaper stories in the last week alone about this outreach and so people are talking about it yeah that means that people are getting bad information but I'd rather have people talking than right. they're not talking, talking someone's listening right yeah I'll admit that that wasn't going on where I came from. Uh, newspaper articles yeah. about Liberty stuff? No idea. No, no no articles about Liberty stuff at all. Yeah, you'd be lucky if your candidate, once every four years, got a, a blurb in the newspaper. And, and that was about it. So we're out of time. Uh, thanks, Adam. Thanks, Mark, for uh, for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I, I might come in again. We'll uh, come back tomorrow. You can join us then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. Okay, so it's a it's another edition of the Edgington Post. And uh, today I have uh, with me a man by the name of Jim Dunsing. Jim, are you there? I am. Great. How you doing, Mark? <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Now, Jim, you had a run-in with, um, and I don't know if I've got all the facts straight in my head here, the uh, Nevada State Police uh, about a, I don't know, maybe nine months to a year ago? Tell, tell the story. No, it, was, it was the, the Las Vegas uh, Metro Police. It was a motorcycle traffic cop on October 29th of 2009. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was pulled over. Um, long story short, I was asked to get out of the car. Uh, I was tased for talking to the cop with my hands over my head. And when I ran from the, the electrocution of the taser, I was shot in the back three times. Wasn't there some, uh, was there some kind of video of this? I, I, I recall seeing something about it. Uh, I hope so. 
but I haven't I haven't seen I, I still have a belief that there was a a camera on the taser that was used. We still don't have uh, <clears throat> a full taser record released yet from the authorities. But um, there is, of course, evidence that you were shot in the back three times, right? Uh, yeah, it was actually uh, from the back and a little bit to the side, my my right as I ran down the sidewalk. So, um, I mean, uh, what, what what are they? What what are the police sort of claiming that uh, was a good reason to shoot a guy who was running down the road in the back? Uh, they they don't really have a good reason. <laughs> uh, they've got they've got some matrix like acrobatic moves attributed to me. They've got three or four different stories coming out of their uh, their press department before uh, before I made any public comments. Uh, and then as soon as I made comments publicly, they they quit talking altogether. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be kind of hard to explain why. Uh... Why? Why their officer decided to shoot a guy in the back who was unarmed, <laughs> um, you know, after having been tased with his arms over his head. So um, we talked about this story on Free Talk Live. I think it was oh uh, about the time that it occurred, nine months ago, back in o- October. And you know, it, it's shocking stuff. Um, what kind of health issues are you dealing with as a result of uh, you know having been shot three times? three different bullets and each of them made an impact. Uh, the first one hit me uh, near my right abs and took out a bunch of my left abs. Yeah. Um, uh, the second one took out a huge wound channel underneath the, the pec muscle, my right pec muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third one shattered my arm uh, just above the elbow, my left arm. Um, two surgeries on that arm and it's by no means back to new. It's not going to get back to new, but uh, I've got most of the flexibility back in it, and I've got a an appointment to see the doctor, and hopefully I'll get cleared to do some some more physical therapy on it. Because right now we're still waiting for the bone to heal fully, mm. um, before you know weight training and whatnot to get some strength back in it. Because I'm missing <clears throat> chunks of my bicep on both sides of the arm, and then the the bone itself is is not as large as it was, and it's pieces of bone fused together it's and there's a big bar and some screws so it's not uh it's not the best thing but it's two years ago i probably would have lost my arm from this yeah i mean that's it modern medicine is is really i mean you're lucky to be alive so um i i it's not certainly not a great situation but it beats death or you know being entirely crippled (laughs) yeah once you start from the premise that you're going to get shot for trying to talk to a cop, then I guess you're you're lucky to survive it. Any explanation but, as to why he just kind of flipped his lid? Uh, no, I, I don't want to get into his psyche. Um, but even by his own admission, I hadn't done anything violent uh, before he introduced the taser into the thing. Hmm. Uh, well, I can't have... him uh, try to explain that nonsense. Yeah. I can't imagine how you can go from taser to to gun when um, nobody, you know. I mean, when nothing's happened. I I don't know. It, it it sounds it all sounds very crazy to me. It sounds like the guy had had a real lapse in judgment, if he ever had judgment in the first place. Um, so you know, this is the medical situation. That's going to be really tough on you. I, I did you have insurance at the time? Uh, no. Oh man. So. Uh, so the. The, the trauma unit, uh, the second ortho, uh, or the, the bone surgery on my left arm, 
um, the rehab uh, and a week-plus hospital stay. Um, you know, I, all that's right now on a basically on a lean against a future civil suit. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, this is how the government manages to, uh, to to keep people cowed into submission, is it costs so much to deal with them. If if the cop had some kind of energy, um, excuse me, injury, he's you know he's going to be completely covered. If he has some kind of legal situation, the uh, the 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 fraternal order of police is going to come out and cover him, or whatever union it is that's going to come out and cover him. But you you've got to cover your medical expenses. I imagine you're not getting um, you know doing much work with your arm shattered. No, I'm uh, I'm currently on the Obama unemployment roll. Yeah. I mean, what else can you do? So you're you're out of out of work. You're you're hoping the uh, that the the hospital continue to you know give you medical work based on the the fact that uh, you've got a, a case against the police and it looks pretty good. And well, the, most of the hospital work is. I mean, the hospital work is done. Um, the the follow ups with some of the bone doctors. Um, that's that's going to be taken care of on the lean. And eventually, when the civil suit's over. Um, We'll get that money back. How much is the way down the road? How much is the lawyer costing for this whole thing? Well, I don't want to get into exact numbers, but um, you know, it's not cheap. Yeah, I Um, imagine it's not. Right now, right now, we've got a fundraising goal of fifteen thousand dollars by Monday. We we posted that this morning. Threw up some some emails. I've got a weekend's worth of radio shows to do, uh, you know, as well as yours, and. uh, we're over a thousand dollars right now. So, so you're doing you're, you're doing a fundraiser right now for your uh, your your legal defense fund. Correct. So, what are, what are people going to be able to expect from this uh, this court case? I mean, it's it's tough to predict what the government is going to do with in the government's courts. But I mean, are you are you going to get this guy? Are you going to get the uh, police department? Are you going to get some money out of this? I mean, it seems pretty open and shut to me, but. You know, I I don't know what what what's it like for you on your side. I believe so. I mean, the, the the facts are so much on our side, and the if it weren't for the nature of the system, uh, you know, there, I wouldn't have any doubts. But uh, you know, the the facts are all on our side, and in the end, I, I'm kind of eager to get to a trial and get done with this. Yeah. Um, you know, that's I mean, that's part of the. I mean, they, they say the. The power of the prosecutor isn't in getting a conviction; it's in bringing charges. Because mm-hmm. with the push of a button or a signature of a pen, they can bring the entire weight of the system on any one individual. Yeah. Are the are they charging you with something, or is this just a civil case at this point? With you, I've got them on the ropes. Well, no. In order to protect their officer, they're charging me. I would think so. I mean, it, it, it would right. make perfectly good sense. Of course, well, I mean, no, perfectly good sense would be. <laughs> Charging their officer for uh, violations of the law. Oh, I, that would that would be what that would be what was what was moral, Jim. That doesn't mean that uh, it's perfectly good sense. I, you know, I, what I should have done early on when we started this is, um, you used to be uh, and probably aren't right now an instructor for Front Sight, um, the gun range out there in Nevada. It's one of the you know probably one of the premier gun ranges in the world. And you were also a Libertarian candidate for office at one point. Is that right? Uh, I've run for uh, U.S. Congress out here as a Libertarian three times. Uh, when this happened, I was actually on my way back from the, the Tea Party Express tour up in northern Nevada, and uh, as part of my Senate bid. 
So they, they actually um, shot a, a Senate candidate in the back. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to be really great for them. All right. Well, if people want to help with your legal defense fund, and it, it seems like something that, uh, you know, something, it's definitely something you need help with. If, uh, if people want to help with that, what, how can they get a, how can they do that? Uh, the easiest way is to go to jimdunsing.com. That's J-I-M-D-U-E-N-S-I-N-G.com. And there's a, on the front page there is, uh, on the right side of it is a big link and big kind of set of information on how to help. A ship-in link, a short description of what happened. And uh, that's, that's probably the best way is to go to jimdunsing.com. And uh, is there any other ways that uh, you want people to get involved? Uh, it, at this point right now, money and time is of the essence is, is the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, to take care of you know, some, some pressing expenses. And so I, and I know my situation, a lot of my friends' situations, family situations, most people are not doing as well as they were you know, a few years ago or even a few months ago. So I know I know money's tight for everybody, but, you know, literally $5, $10 from enough people makes a difference. So if, if you've got $5 you can spare, it'll be greatly appreciated. It does seem like it's going to be an important case uh, here in the near future. So, uh, you know, I'm I, I sincerely hope you can, uh, you know, get your goal and uh, alleviate some of the pressure that's on you, Jim. Give that uh, website again one more time for people, just in case they didn't have a chance to write it down. Sure. It's jimdunzing.com. That's J-I-M-D-U-E-N-S-I-N-G.com. Very good. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Mark. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.